Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Health issues as Williams rolls out, makes one man miss, and Caleb Williams high steps his way into the end zone. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. If you're Tulane... Take out his duty yourself, kid, and picks up the first down. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Word trying to get it done on his own, needs some help, needs a lot wow. of help. There's Watson. Oh my god, now does he have room? Nakia, he's got it. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. That's Cobbs in motion. It's Tonga Bailoa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Bunk in front of him and a touchdown. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. All right, here we go. And it is, by the way, yesterday, I I will do this, Garrett, on Brett Yormark. Sports Business Journal put this up on Twitter earlier today, and it was his one-year anniversary. And what a year it's been for him and so one year from the time he took over, I think it was August 1st, which was yesterday, with the Big 12. Now, Paul Catalina, David Smoke, here we are again, the next three hours, 365 Sports. And yes, we'll get into what may be next when it comes to the Pac-12 and what it might be mean. Uh, even notes about Big Ten starting to go, you know what, we may think about this realignment or, or whatever it might be. However, Florida State, is a troublemaker now. They are, no, I'm kidding, but they are making it very much clear that they are not going to just stand by and watch whatever is else around them 
uh, bringing in tons and tons of money. Now, you can look at this as, wait a minute, if you call Texas and OU spoiled, then what is FSU? Trying to get more money, trying to think that they're more valuable than what everyone's getting or what they are getting, and that's fine too. And we've seen this, and then it kind of come off and on the, 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 the burner. But Florida State, Paul Catalina, you said that there was nothing they could do, and there still might not be anything they could do, but they're going to sure as hell try. I, I said, I don't know if there's anything they can do. They're going to disrupt, and this is the first wave of that disruption. I watched an interview with uh, Irish Chauffel uh, from Warchant and the uh, FSU uh, Board of Trustees president. That quote you just saw from President Richard McCullough from Brett McMurphy is from a board of trustees meeting that's going on right now. Former quarterback Drew Rutherford is on that board. He is basically saying that they're they're going to have to leave because of the situation eventually. How they can do that, look, that is up to their lawyers. And they're going to need partners. They're going to need other people to shake it up. Because if they don't have it, if they're out there alone, you know, sticking their neck out, then they're going to wind up probably losing in the long run financially so much that even when they do move, if they do, it's going to take them a while to get out of that hole. But the party line from Florida State, and feel free to debate this with other numbers if you have them, but these are the numbers that they are operating on. They have the 12th best viewership of any team in the country, averaging 3.2 million viewers last year per game that was on television. That's pretty damn good. Uh, they spend as much athletically before TV money is distributed. They spend as much as most every team in the country. And if they were in the Big Ten and SEC, they would be fourth in how much money they spend on athletics. Before TV money even comes into it, they have a huge athletic budget. So their stance here is that how can Florida State University keep pace with the Big Ten and SEC, when they've been trying to and spending like they are, if those teams are about to double the money. All right, who signed the contract? They did. And, now, that's what- now, and I know, I'm not legally very smart, uh, but they signed the contract, so did Clemson and NC State and everybody else. Now, here's another thing. They might be 12th when it comes to viewership, but there are other schools that – in other conferences that wouldn't even be anywhere near Florida State, but they're a part of the right conference at the right time. So there is a little bit of winage here. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, a squeaky wheel gets the attention. Um, I don't blame them for at least saying how they feel. Whether they could actually get anything done remains to be seen. Um, from Joyner Perez, and a lot of you already on this, and we thought we'd start with this and we'll get to other things because there's nothing like right now other than what may happen with the Pac-12 and who might be leaving, if anyone at all. FSU complaining about remaining competitive with the current payout while less than half of the FBS conferences sniff their money is laughable. So in other words, Florida State's still making more money than a lot of others in the FBS. Who below them? Who is below them that is more valuable than them? Who is making uh, less money than FSU and the ACC, but is more valuable than they are from any of the other conferences? Uh, you got to eliminate the SEC and Big Ten because they're all making more money. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, right now, the I mean, because the, I don't know how the Big Twelve and ACC deal is going to work out. You know, in the race when it when it they both kick when the new big 12 deal kicks in who's going to legitimately be in third because right now the acc is technically in third so yeah there's there are teams below them that um that are not and look uh 
to uh, Joiner, uh, who said that, yeah, that's true. But what they're what the point of them saying this is? And again, I know that I'm not probably the best person to hear this from because I'm an alum. I'm not totally in favor of them doing this. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm whoa, totally whoa, whoa, in favor whoa, whoa, of them. Whoa. You really aren't. I'm, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. Why? Because I don't know if it's going to work out the way they want to. Well, what are they going to do? End up like at an no, island? I know. I, yeah, I, I, I'm Smokey. Am I an optimist? No, no. The world. You is, are the opposite. The world of, is crap, and as soon as we all realize that, no, it'll stop. all be easy. You're not an optimist. <laughs> you're more of less below pessimist. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not like. Look, I, I'm not going to. They're not going to be left where there's nothing for them to do. No, They'll I, be I, fine. I know, but also. I, I kind of look. I've been listening to Craig talk about this for two years now yeah. about Oklahoma, and I'm like, you know, it's nice when you're one of the only two teams that wins all the time. You know, so I get like, it, I, are you willing to go eight and four every year, but still be very highly a part of the conversation? If, or is, as long like the 12 team playoff makes you feel better about it. Yeah, as long as they are regularly competing in the 12 team playoff, I don't care if they're playing on the moon. Like, that's fine to me. But if they're in the 12-team playoff, that's fine. But to go back to the point for Joyner, look, what they're saying as an organization, FSU, is we want to stay competitive. It is important to us to be competitive in all athletics, particularly football, which is the only reason that people come to this place. Like, it's not, but, like, that's kind of their thing. The biggest deal about Tallahassee, Florida is Dope Campbell Stadium. And we are not going to stand idly by and watch that wither if we can do anything about it because it is such so a. So, what's different, Paul, than what he said today, basically, than what was said maybe six to 10 weeks ago? This is more direct. Like, this is. They didn't. Or is this them because maybe people heard them? And it was reported, and it was discussed, and we did too, but nothing's happened since then. Is this like, hey, by the way, we're still here, and we're still not yeah. ha- happy. And this with- is also opportunistic yeah. timing. So they are looking at all the chaos going on and the Pac-12 falling apart, and they want to make sure that they can ride this wave of chaos into getting attention on their cause. However, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder how legitimate you think that their claims are, but... Bottom line is they want to be on par. And I'll just tell you, they only have to look across to the the one school they hate the most and know that they're going to be making more money than them in Florida. They don't want to make half the money that Florida's making. And heck, is is it going to be much different than UCF? Yeah, like that's the other thing is now UCF is going to be making about the same or more down the line year in and year out than Florida State. Okay, Paul sounds like he went to Florida State. He did. Uh, from Canelio, uh, that's solely FSU's choice to spend the money they do. No one is telling them to do so. Uh, Gary Wilson, can't help but think that the only way to get out of the ACC is to dissolve the ACC. Now, if you put together enough of a coalition, whether you're talking about alphas or those in the mid section of the ACC or even a couple at the bottom, uh, will a coalition make a difference? It's still... Side. Okay, so what would ESPN want to do here? See, that's that's the factor that... You can be mad at the ACC. Yeah. You can be upset you're not making enough money. You're going to get unequal revenue sharing based on the college football playoff money. You're going to get all that. You're getting more already than you were at this time six months ago. So why would ESPN help Florida State? That's the, that is the $30 million yeah. question. Uh, is why does ESPN... 
how can they figure the math of what would essentially be torpedoing the ACC network, which they own, and giving FSU and whoever comes with FSU more money to go wherever they go? Uh, the Big Ten is is also having to figure this out now with perhaps adding some of those PAC schools. So why would you all of a sudden just give more money when you don't have to? And how much value do they add? Now, you could, I think the argument could be made if Florida State and whoever the coalition of the willing is that would go and challenge this, let's just say it's Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina, that if everybody's going to go to 20-team leagues, they can go to the SEC and say, would you rather not have Oklahoma versus Miami every couple of years and Texas versus Clemson and um, Alabama and FSU and Auburn and North Carolina and these games playing since this is where it's going, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, probably you can make that argument that increases the value, but that doesn't change the contract that you signed and the fact that ESPN also right now is telling one league, we have no money for you. Exactly right. So they're telling the Pac-12, we have no money for you. We're not interested in this. Uh, whatever money we have for you, clearly not going to be good enough for what you want. And then FSU is banking on the fact that they can go to ESPN and go, ah, we're not like those wimps over there on the left coast. We're FSU. We're worth that much money. And they're like, be that as it may, you're in a contract that says you're not. They've had one year back to what is so, somewhat the standard of F- FSU football. They and they still, have, would they have done this two years ago if we we're in the same situation? I think they would have tried. They probably wouldn't have had as much legitimacy behind it. like a tree it. falling in the forest. Yeah. They would have probably had to go to Clemson and be like, hey, can you guys yeah. start this? All right. And then we'll be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There's the Florida State thing. We've heard from them. We've heard from some of the schools in the ACC about, you know, um, we're really not getting what we're – again, that's part of the contract. And one of the arguments, and I'll say this for Paul, and for also those of you watching today, thank you so much on 365 Sports, is um, – the fact that everybody who signed that deal, how many years ago it was, most of them are no longer a part of where they were as far as the, the administrators, even coaches or a, coaches, ADs, et cetera, even presidents, whatever. So that's interesting. We'll get to your super chat, Chris, in a minute, but I want to get to a couple other notes of interest in college football, and you got a great super chat. And I actually uh, disagree with you, but we'll get to that. So we told you about your mark year one. Ross Dellinger, who will join us here in about seven minutes. He had a story last night, and this was part of his tweet from last night attached to his story. Uh, Pac-12 miscalculated the market. We know that. Got outplayed by a rival and is now teetering on collapse. Its future hinges on the Arizonas, ASU and Arizona. A deep dive into the latest realignment wave where even the ACC and Big Ten could get caught up in its surge. And then, of course, it's standing on a knife's edge. That's from a source who said that to Ross. I spoke with him earlier. But here are some quotes of interest. And I, I don't, I kind of remember this, but I don't. So Bob Bowlesby contacted the Pac-12 a couple of years ago to say, hey, do you think we could try to work something out? Well, here's, this, here's how Ross Dellinger reported this. Last July, Big 12 officials fielded a call from Klyovkov. Uh, USC and UCLA had just announced their impending departures from the Pac-12. Read on. In an attempt to pervert, preserve this conference, Klyovkov wanted to know if the Big 12 administrators were still interested in a proposal that then-Commissioner Bob Bowlesby made to the Pac-12 a year before, after Texas and Oklahoma. After Oklahoma-Texas announced their departure, 
Bowlesby visited Klyovkov for an in-person meeting about a partnership and a merger between the Pac-12 and the Big 12, and Klyovkov said no. But a year later, here he was calling to accept it, Big 12 officials having settled with their own new reality, four new members on the way declined. The quote, it was a short conversation from one Big 12 official with knowledge of Klyovkov calling the Big 12. What could have been is part of that story from Ross Dellinger, who will join I, us here momentarily. I think, again, I can't wait till Bruce Feldman or somebody writes this book on the collapse of the Pac-12. But this is not just a one-year decision. But this is a collective group of decisions over a decade plus that have found that we're all wrong. And the Big 12 did this too in the previous administration where every decision they made about the future of the Big 12 led them to the spots of almost getting ripped apart. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if not for Bob Bowlesby, Waking up out of the slumber when he finally wasn't, and it, it had to happen for them to grow, honestly. When Texas and Oklahoma left, he didn't have to worry about making them happy anymore. So his life completely changed in a day. And he realized that quickly enough. George Klyovkov did not have that same epiphany. Bob Bowlesby, after Texas and Oklahoma, woke up one day and went, you know what? They can't call me up and give me crap ever again. They cannot shoot down an idea we have at a meeting. They're gone. I can proceed and do what we think we need to do is best for this conference without their interference anymore. So he did it. George Klyovkov, I don't know if he's yet had that epiphany. Yeah, and, and uh, so there's that story. That's kind of a backstory. It's kind of like the other backstories that we've heard along the way. So Ray Anderson is the athletic director at Arizona State. Um, he was asked today, there was a media session at the stadium, the new stadium naming rights, and he was asked today, here's the audio, Ray Anderson, AD at Arizona State. You listen to this and you tell me if you've heard a little bit of a change or not in anything else we've ever said or he has said that we've used on this show. Talk about about the pack right now, the Pac-12. Where is? How do you feel? Where do you think it's going? How do you feel about it? Well, I really, you know, uh, I, I know you have to ask, but uh, we're not really commenting on that now uh, because it's in a, a state where uh, credibility is dependent on confidentiality, and so I, I can't respond to that other than to tell you I remain extremely hopeful. Uh, and understand personally that no matter how it ends up, Arizona State will be in a good spot. I guess that's the following question, Ray. ASU's future, no matter what, you guys feel like you guys are in a good spot. We are in a very good spot. Uh, we are a very respected and coveted uh, institution and program and uh, property as far as media folks and conferences uh, uh, determine and think about it. How excited are you for all of these questions about uncertainty to be over in this process? To be done? I, am, I, I, will, I will be as excited as anyone uh, in the industry to have this behind us, to be sure. Uh, but some things you control and some things you don't. We don't control this. Uh, we just have to be patient and be a good partner and teammate as we work our way through the challenges. 
after this last one, do you think you know when the timeline, when you expect something to be done, when you hope something to be Well, I've, I, I've been saying in another two weeks for about a year, so uh, I don't have any more <laughs> prognostications or projections. I'll just be patient and let the uh, the process run its course. What do you think about the current TV deals or anything moving forward? How do you feel about that? Uh, same thing. Uh, we're hoping they're going to be very positive and the outcome will be beneficial to us, certainly for the long term. All right, so we hope two weeks. uh, And I'm not criticizing him, but he has been out there months ago discussing kind of what, you know, it seemed like everybody, again, saying the right thing. We want to be a part of the conference. We hope it works itself out. That was, I'm not saying that was different, but he didn't say, I don't remember him much ever saying anything about the Pac-12. That doesn't mean they don't want to be a part of it, ASU. They probably do. We have a a writer, by the way, that's going to join us in a little over an hour and a half on that. But it did not seem as emphatic, in my opinion, what he's saying. Uh, it was more of, we'll see what happens. We'll be in a good place no matter what, I guess, they or wherever I, they end up. I think it's, I think just at this point, you can't say, oh, we're, we're committed to the Pac-12. You can't tow that party line anymore because it's less likely that that's going to happen. I mean, you can't, you know, you got to be smart enough to know that, look, the, the house is on fire and maybe the Pac-12 can put it out, but you might be moving to a new house. And then there's this story from Dan Wetzel, who we had on the show two or three weeks ago from Yahoo. Sources. Big Ten has begun preliminary talks to potentially add Washington or Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford. The only reason they would do this is because there's a wounded animal. Yeah. And just in case the animal cannot get to the veterinarian in time. Yeah, I do think it's very hypocritical that the Big Ten's like, well, we don't want to be the one who kills the Pac-12. Well, I mean, you already are. You already did it. You're the one that you probably said you shot the first. The the Big 12 is the one who might put them out of their misery, but you're the one who shot them in the heart. But based on what we've heard since Colorado's decision, oh, we're we're maybe stronger. We can replace. And I'm just saying, no, the Big 12 is the one that, uh, the Big Ten, like, severely injured the Pac-12. The Big 12 is now going in for the kill. What but the, it would be the Big Ten if this was to happen. Look, the Big Ten, I'll even use it instead of shot him in the heart. So, technically, if you push me off a high building, you didn't kill me, the ground did. Yeah, no, that, that's right. <laughs> but you yep. still pushed me off the building. The Big 12 is just the ground. Like, that's where they are. So you can blame the ground all you want, but you're the one who sent me to it. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. So, all right, we'll worry about Arizona, Arizona State as far as the rivalry, Garrett, in a little bit. Adam Rittenberg, Hunter Deckers, Iowa State, that story that kind of got drowned out a little bit yesterday, but it's a huge deal. The starting quarterback, or at least was at Iowa State, through his attorney, uh, denying the charge against him and says he will not participate in fall camp so he can focus on his studies and on the defense, not football defense, on his criminal charge. This doesn't look like it's going to end very well for Hunter Deckers. No, and there's there's several players. There's Iowa players. Uh, there are the state of Iowa moved very quick on this. So um, I talked to our friend Adam Bachelor, mm-hmm. uh, who has just moved back to Iowa. As a matter of fact, big Iowa State fan yesterday, and he said, you know, it it kind of sucks if you're in the 
in Iowa right now, you feel like this is the only two schools that are getting this. No, the state of Iowa just moved a lot faster on this than anyone else has and looked into it. But this is going to get super messy. I would think that there will be cases with college athletes in probably all 50 states. I would think so, too. I I mean, all 50 states. And you just better hope that when the gambling thing comes around to your your school, if you're a football fan, that nobody important on your team did it. And if it is, is it's like like a cross-country runner because it's coming for everybody. Because if you can – if you have access to – Draft, I say all 50 states, maybe it won't be that big because some people can't use these apps, but you can bet other ways, you know, through it. And if it, you start to see these things and sweeps like they did, it's pretty easy to just subpoena the DraftKings account of Hunter Deckers uh-huh. or the kid from Iowa who used his parents' name. I think mean, Hunter Deckers might have done that too, but use the, that account to make those bets. It's not hard to see. And so those are things that Hunter Deckers is going to have to you know, defend himself against in court. So it is going to – it's going to spin out of control for a while. There's so much more to get to, and we will. Of course, the pack uh, – two, uh, two super chats, and I want to do them, and we'll respond to them. And then Katie Rader um, from my – my attention deficit moment yesterday when we were talking about Jeff Banks in Texas and the trip to Tuscaloosa. So let's get to a couple of super chats. One of them, I, 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 it was from Eric. So Eric, and I have it right here. Every time I go, here we go. Guys, I think schools like SMU and San Diego State being expected to upgrade all facilities to Power 5 standards for $20 million isn't enough to justify joining the Pac-12. I completely disagree. Uh, the money that you update facilities with, yes, some of that can come from revenue you earn based on whatever television contracts you have, uh, but they're not going to get that right away anyway. Uh, SMU's got the money. San Diego State's already built their new stadium. It, it They're going to get, and I don't know, is it three times, four times the amount of money that they're getting now from either the Mountain West and or part of where SMU now is? and And so... Uh, in at least two, three times more than they're getting per year now with their TV deal if they're a part of the Pac-12, even with the number, whatever it might be, even if it's 20 or 22 or 22 and a half or 25, they're going to get enough money, believe me, to make a difference. So spending what they're spending now and into the future is going to be worth it if they can get to that point. Yeah, but again, we'll see. Look, if the Big Ten comes in after shoving off the building – waiting for the carcass to hit the ground and vultures the rest of it, then really there's no Pac-12 TV deal at $20 million for no. Apple to be had. That's no. over. So then you're talking about Oregon State and Washington State going to whoever they can go to and saying, all right, what do you guys want us? Which I'm sure the Mountain West or anybody else would love to have them because that's a, it's certainly an upgrade. And they – I mean, right now, in the next two years, they would run through those leagues. Absolutely. But yeah. uh, this is – it's still going to – and they're, they're going to lose play. The other thing that sucks about Oregon State and Washington State is Oregon State, they both have really good coaches right now. Mm-hmm. Really good coaches. Yep. And really good quarterbacks and really good players. Well, the transfer portal will just – eat them up because people are going to go play you would think in so. the power conferences if they can. I saw where Ohio State took the top recruit Northwestern had, class of 2023. Uh, Glover, I think his name is, and now he's a part of Ohio State, has immediate eligibility. So Katie Rader 
yesterday, and I don't know if this is Emery or who, put up my faux pas when I was trying to uh, mention Jeff Banks and his thoughts about playing in Tuscaloosa is no different than playing in Ames, and I think it was in Manhattan. And I, I just threw out, I said, pole monkey. No, pole assassin has a monkey, or had, I don't know if she was still allowed to keep it, and the monkey bit a kid. Um, this is not my favorite version of this one. Garrett, do you have the other one? You know, Let me send you the other one. Um, Why do we have to show this? Well, I just, I like the other one better. I know, I but... Uh, because Katie, you, uh, this is your fault. I know it was in the little shorts that we had that we get released after the show. It's going to cost somebody. I don't know who's <laughs> an arm and a leg or perhaps even the money, but um, my attorneys will be in touch. I just screwed it up. I yeah, somebody at conference conference uh, commissioner Gumby pole monkey. Yes, the story about the Texas coach whose wife was a stripper who her nickname was Pole Assassin, and the, he made a comment about playing in Tuscaloosa, comparing it to Ames in Manhattan. And I started out the segment yesterday by saying something about the pole monkey. I completely got it wrong. That's who I am. That's the way my brain works and why I started off at a junior college. Yeah. So, Garrett, I'm, I'm attaching this file right now. Sorry. Right, we'll, okay. we'll wait for that in, in just a second. Um, Phil, San Diego State built a new stadium for $23 million, uh, for 23 uh, this football season, uh, and tickets have dropped $5,400. Uh, 5,400. Uh, BB was in office when it happened. Chuck Ninas came in as an interim after BB stepped down. And once his run was done, they hired Bob Bowlesby talking about the history of commissioners uh, within the Big 12. And, and yeah, BB was thought of as just completely a, a, just a puppet. I, I'd still like to one day have him uh, on the show. Uh, there's, there's so much to get to, and we will. And, uh, Garrett, let me know if you get that up. Here is the other image. Of the pole monkey. See, this one's better because the other pole monkey looked like he, he wasn't having as much fun or he wasn't as much control of the situation. Uh, this one. Yeah, that looks that, that's one that looks like they're angry. Like, yeah. That looks more like His a tail like wrapped around the pole. And, yeah. yeah, he's ready to go. You know, he's kind of leaping yeah, no, off of it. Katie Raider, sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, I agree. I, I, I would take advantage of it as well. I appreciate you doing that. When we come back, Ross Dellinger. He's with Yahoo Sports, his thoughts and his summary. And what is the next step with the Pac-12 and more? And it all lays inside the state of Arizona. This is 365 Sports. The Make This the Summer sales event is going on now at Alan Samuels. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, cheap SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop online or visit us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. 
One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254 759 8533. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Pioneer Steel and Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths in tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat, Pioneer Steel and Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut. Their 2,500 square foot showroom has over 1,000 new products in stock, new welding supplies, hardware, quickcrete, and do-it-yourself components for any project, whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior. The new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed, but our values haven't, and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6 and just east of I-35 in Waco. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Sixty-five Sports. The three o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. Four twenty-five Lake Air Drive, Waco. Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports, with us on three sixty-five Sports. Here's where the shaky landscape stands. We've had you on before. We've discussed this Pac-12 media deal. The now Colorado, since the last time we spoke, of course, is going to be a part of the Big 12. Ross, uh, you've kind of gone through the timeline of all this. My question is, yesterday they had a number, or at least that's what we've been told, and that's what's been reported. Why yesterday? Why wasn't it at Pac-12 media days? Why wasn't it the day before? Why wasn't it before Colorado left to join the Big 12 next year? Well, the the, the simple answer is, they were trying to improve the deal by waiting. Uh, they were hoping somehow 
the deal improved by waiting. Uh, and obviously that didn't happen because this deal is probably one that could have been achieved three, maybe even six months ago. Um, but I think, and you heard George Kalaikoff say it multiple times, right? The longer we wait, the more options we'll have or more options we're getting. Um, I think that was in a way a little bit of a, a pipe dream, a hope. It was more hoping that you'd get uh, more options coming to you the longer that you wait. Um, but right now, is as, as many people have told me in college athletics and, and in the TV world, right now is not a good time to be renewing a TV deal, um, mostly because of ESPN. They, uh, they are being more selective. Uh, the cord cutting and, the, and all the streaming is impacting uh, their bottom line. They've got the NBA package coming up. You've got WWE, UFC coming up, coming open. There's just a lot of things going on. And then they've done deals already with, with all the, the leagues, right? They've got the Big 12. they got the SEC, ESPN does. And then uh, the other partners have uh, Fox and NBC, CBS have parts of the Big Ten and, and Fox is with the Big 12 and ESPN is with the ACC. So everybody's kind of locked up. Um, as I wrote in that story, there, the money has kind of evaporated. The, the the market kind of turned and it started to turn last fall, you know, when when Brett Mark, Yarmark, uh, who looks like a genius now, right, uh, got kind of cut in line and got his deal done before the market, I guess, uh, completely turned. We've heard that when Klyovkov is in meetings with anybody about the TV deal, media deal, that there's like one other representative for the conference. But in your opinion, Ross, to me, this is a question that I I will be interested to hear at some point. When did the executive committee know that this was the number? And if, in fact, they didn't, isn't that almost like negligence on their part? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know when they knew the number. In, in the fact that an exact number really hasn't been confirmed or, or leaked out probably tells you that it's a fluctuating number, and the number is probably low. Um, you know, if it were higher, it probably would have been reported exactly. Uh, but my belief is it probably is in the 20s, maybe at, at the most in the mid-20s with, with escalators up. Uh, and, and that's obviously far below the big 12's number of, of 32 million a year per school. So that, uh, that would present, uh, present an issue. Um, you know, this Apple deal, like I said earlier, probably could have been done several months ago. So you got to think that, uh, this was at least discussed among the executives weeks, if not months ago, and whether they rejected it or wanted to have more options, I don't know. But um, it's been it's been quite a saga uh, that we've seen play out in this year of negotiations, and um, and now we're it's kind of as one person told me, uh, it's kind of fish or cut bait time, you know, for the Pac-12 and for George Kalafkov to uh, to accept this deal or uh, or reject it and uh, either wait longer, which you can't imagine they would do. I don't think the industry is improving, really. Uh, or you, you know, you got teams that will, will leave, more teams that will leave and follow Colorado. Yeah, it was, was waiting worth losing one member, no matter what anyone says or whatever. It's the Denver market, Colorado with Dion, et cetera. 
was waiting worth that and the possibility that there's so much damage that you could lose another team or three with now the release of whatever this number is? Yeah, you know, the Colorado thing is has been interesting to watch. Uh, I, I, you know, Colorado, I'm assuming, uh, knew at least some substance to this potential deal before they left. And that's, you know, a reason they left um, is is because they, they, they ran out of patience in waiting for a better deal. And this was probably on the table for weeks, uh, if not again, months. And this wasn't a deal that uh, everybody agreed on for, for reasons that are obvious, right? It's a fairly low figure. Um, and it's predominantly streaming when you group the football uh let's just take football you know the football games if if fox is gonna be your linear partner in some kind of simulcast and take a game or two a week you're still talking about uh you know at least 70 80 percent of your football games on exclusively on streaming and that certainly was an issue for everybody obviously it was an issue for colorado because there is more than than just money involved here right there is exposure and the visibility uh, part of this. I mean, we, we, you know, the Arizona president weeks, if not months ago, and he said this multiple times to, to multiple outlets that a predominantly over 50% streaming deal is, isn't going to fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now he's in uh, a situation where he's, he's got to make a decision on that. All right, Ross, I've, I saw some of the notes about the Big Ten, of course, a year ago they picked up USC, UCLA. We know what the SEC did with Texas OU. But there seems to be, whether it's Sankey or – and I know Petiti's trying to kind of get his feet on the ground, and he will. But there's kind of from these two conferences like, man, we really want to see everything calm down. Isn't that somewhat – hypocritical because the reason we're here today is because of those two moved to add monster type logos. Yep. That is, that is right. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, in conference, look, conference uh, realignment has been going on for, for decades, but you look recently at the recent waves and uh, they kind of all started with Texas and Oklahoma's move. Um, and I think that move probably triggered the Big Ten to uh, in in USC to have interest in in one another. UCLA came along, so for sure. I mean, what's what's happening in college uh, sports is, is somewhat predictable, and I think um, economic uh, economists uh, have predicted it long ago. Is that you've got the consolidation of the biggest brands. Uh, and when you consolidate the biggest brands, you get more money, uh, and and you uh, you remove yourself if you're those big brands. You remove yourself from uh, less valuable brands and, and consolidate, and that's that's what's happening, you know. And that really, as you mentioned, that that kind of started um, this domino of uh, of realignment, and really, it you know it goes back to Texas, right? Te- Texas was going to leave the Big 12. Um, they had made that decision, and they shopped themselves around. And I think door number one was was the SEC, but behind door number two and three were the ACC and the Big Ten as well. So the SEC probably made a, a wise move in opening that door, or Texas was going 
somewhere else. And uh, that kind of started this all this dominoes. On the deal, the Pac-12 showed whoever it was yesterday in that, uh, that Zoom or conference call, whatever, virtual meeting. Do you know any chance how long it is supposed to be, five years or seven years? And also, there's always – we talked to Bob Thompson, used to be at Fox Sports, about how much of that money, 22, 25, 20, whatever it is, is tied up also in pain for production cost. In fact, if the Pac-12 network is who produces some of the games. Yeah, Bob. Bob is great, really knowledgeable on on a lot of TV stuff. I, you know, I don't know the answer to the the. There weren't very many details shared of the deal. Yeah, uh, there just haven't been very much out there, and haven't been very much shared. And part of that is, uh, well, one because the deal isn't is it done, obviously, and you're still in the middle of negotiations. But two, Apple has very private, um, and I've come to find that out from talking to people in the TV world. Uh, they they. They they are not about leaking things. One one TV uh, network executive told me that in in negotiations with Apple, uh, the Apple executives would would tell you know conferences or other partners if this leaks, we're out. So they're they're very secretive, and I think that's part of probably why things haven't leaked out. So I don't know about other additional details of the of the deal as far as the length. Was spo- and we reported this before. It was supposed to be pretty short, right? Five, right. six years, maybe at most seven. Um, uh, that's 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 the range of the deal. I'm assuming that the length can flu- will, could, could fluctuate, could change uh, based on uh, based on uh, future negotiations. Uh, because the Pac-12 will have another board meeting, or is scheduled to have at some point another board meeting, and um, you know, I mean, things could change from that point in the deal. Um, but uh, years years is something that could potentially change. But I would say that it's probably uh, at least five and, and less than eight. Do you feel like Arizona has one foot out the door and they want to bring the other foot with them? Or, or do you still feel like that's very, very, like, touch and go 50-50? It's a fascinating situation <laughs> in Arizona. Uh, it really is because you've got – two schools uh, that uh, are separated by about an hour and a half and have been in the Pac-12. They each came in the Pac-12 together in 1978. They play each other every year. Um, their board of regents manages each school. Uh, so a 12-member board makes key decisions for each program. Uh, they've got two fairly outspoken uh, and, and somewhat uh, powerful presidents Uh it's really fascinating, and as I wrote in that story, I think that uh, I think that most people around the Arizona board believe that the board of regents want to see both schools be in the same league, um, and that could be an issue because the Arizona State president, right, Michael Crow, been there for twenty years, real powerful, has a lot of sway in that state and on that board. It's been the biggest, probably, chess dumper um, of, of of anybody in the of the Pac-12 and of its future. He's been the biggest, probably, most vocal supporter. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It, it, you know, we talked to Robert Robbins, who's the president of Arizona, back in June, mm-hmm. and uh, asked him this exact question: uh, Can Arizona and Arizona State be split? 
And he said, yeah. He said, Arizona, Arizona has the authority to do its own thing. But he added that he thought it would be unlikely that him and, and, and Michael Crow were close at Arizona State, and, and they would try, uh, he hinted, at uh, staying together. Ross, it's unbelievable how much realignment is. It's really fed, like, not just like you said the last year or two. It's been that way for a long, long time. But it's it, my whole thing, somebody asked me about, will you be glad when it's over? Well, Colorado moved. And even though I don't care what the result is, it affects perhaps if we carry or broadcast more teams or cover them. But I, I don't know if we'll ever get to an ending. I think it's just like whatever happens, and then here comes, it, like you said, another wave, even if it's in a in a few years. But what an unbelievable run it's been, and uh, it's it's amazing that the Pac-12 is in this position. Then again, maybe it's not. Thank you for your time and the way you covered the story. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. Yep, thank you. Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports on 365 Sports. All right, right around the corner, we will get more to what is being said in the chat room with a lot of different stories out there. A lot of you are asking questions. We'll get to that. Sam Kahn of The Athletic at 4, and then Chris Park uh, Karpman, uh, who covers Arizona State today at 4.30. Jim Williams will join us, former media uh, consultant who writes for Forbes and Zanger, he will join us today a little bit after 5, and this is 365 Sports. Ideal MRI. Dr. Rob Maxey and his partners have put together a phenomenal business in Waco, uh, and it's worth the drive wherever you are, it, it, let's say within two to four hours. So maybe Houston, especially Dallas and Fort Worth, or even San Antonio and Austin, because their MRI business, a state-of-the-art technology MRI machine, a staff of Texan specialists who are fantastic, those who help book your appointment and also those who help remind you about it and then make sure you're comfortable when you arrive. They're in the Central Texas marketplace in the southern part of Waco, just off of I-35. Their machine, again, is state-of-the-art. I've been in it three or four different times. I've been in it for my right shoulder, my left shoulder, my lower back, and also my abdomen. And uh, the experience every single time was fantastic. And I'm claustrophobic, and so you can imagine I can get skittish, but I never have with them. Number two, it's $497 or less every single time. Not $497, then $1,500. The average MRI is $1,100 for them, for their, and for you. At Ideal MRI, it is $497 or less Every single time. It's unbelievable what they can find to make sure you understand what hurts, what aches, why you can't do this or that. And then maybe they don't find anything, which is good news because something's not injured and you might be able to get over it a little bit better. It's IdealMRI.com. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears! 
Riverbend Liquor and Wine now has two locations to serve you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now downtown on Franklin Avenue. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who, as children, had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old, and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma, and they have to come here. They're used to lights. They're used to water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been to the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers everybody the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. Stonewood-Dental.com. Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one, commercial, farm and ranch, or residential. Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, Welcome home. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 super fan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at Sikkim365.com. All right, the uh, chat room. Thank you for those of you in the chat room. I'm going to text the, go to the text line where Katie Rader sent that poll monkey, the images to me. Uh, let's see, from the 239, and this was uh, from today. I am starting to see more of this Power 2 stuff being talked about. I really don't understand why people are trying to get kill a great sport. If they go that route, I would never watch anything that the SEC or the Big Ten is involved with. I already watched less than I used to because I'm sick of it. As a UCF fan, I'm excited about being in the conference this year, watching all of our teams. The Big 12 needs to get out there, and I call BS on this Power 2 narrative before it gets too far. When you look at the Big 10, I only think of Ohio State, who's won a championship over the last 20 years, and we now know the SEC is top-heavy. 239, Southwest Florida. All right. There you go. All right. I, I wondered about the 239. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, 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 there's some points. We've seen that. There's part of me at times that gets like, 
man, but that's because I'm old school in what I grew up with. Would I rather still the various conferences still be together? Yeah, I probably would. At the same time, you know, everything changes. I used to also take a phone call when it was on the wall in the house, right? It was a rotary phone. All right. You never dealt with that. No, I did. I did. We, uh, I, I used to have a typewriter. And, and so things change, not just technology, but things change. But the, the Super 2 conference, when you hear that, that is a possibility, probably more so than we think, but I, I do think that's still way down the road. We always had a touchstone phone in my house, but I had an aunt that had a, a rotary phone. We'd go visit her. And occasionally my dad would be like, hey, would you call this person? And I'd like go over the phone and go, okay, wait. It was the, oh, the you, you had to figure out how to, when you were a kid and you just had to push the button. Okay, so I've got to put my finger in this pot and then do here and then I got to oh, move no. it. Yeah, so it was. I like the sound of it. I would, listen, to this day, I would still prefer the white glove service of being able to pick up the phone going, Beach One Fall Two Seven, please. And then they just connect you as opposed to sitting there doing it. But. I, I, that's, that's never coming back, obviously. Um, I, I thought, do well, think I, it's, they're going backwards though, the flip phone. Yeah. So we're going back to that. The yeah. rotary phone in about five years. I do think this is going to be, and I, I'm, I'm going to predict this. Um, actually at the, at the event we were at last night, the, the mixer with the, the Baylor coaches, uh, talked to one of them about this, that eventually it feels like football and basketball, men's and women's basketball will be in these ridiculous super leagues whatever they are but everything else you're just gonna have to put it back into the original regional leagues because the money you're gonna lose enough money sending people across the country that you know you need to kind of make it the bus leagues again i'm not saying take away their amenities they deserve everything they're getting they're scholarship athletes who work really hard and their lives are are very difficult uh because you are a scholarship athlete and you you don't have the same life as you know, the, your regular run-of-the-mill college student. But I do think that eventually you'll see, you know, Olympic sports conferences and money sports conferences. Because, you know... Is that, in a way, like Notre Dame's a part of the ACC in basketball, but they're not in football? Yeah, exactly, because you can... And even though I know that... I know, and football, I know a lot like, of their games are against ACC teams. Honestly, while it would be... if Say Washington, Oregon had to join the ACC, if that was the you know, the fail-safe plan. For football, that's not really that big of a deal. I mean, it's a disadvantage for them for sure, but you're talking about five, six plane rides a year, right? Right. As opposed to, you know, when you're an Olympic sport, you're talking about maybe four plane rides a week on a commercial flight, up and down and up and down and up and down. It can get pretty exhausting. And trying to maintain, you know, your eligibility and, uh, you know, do class and all those different things makes it harder and harder. So I do think that eventually you're not going to start sending softball and volleyball and track and field. Now track and field is a little bit different because they do national events all the time, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to send the swim team and all this to all these big gigantic national things or cross country things in a conference. You're going to, you know, so if you're Baylor, your softball team is going to play against Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma state and A&M and all those teams that have left because that makes a whole lot more sense than going all these other places. Yeah, no, I, 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 well, it all depends. If you're in the SEC, you might just do what you're well, doing. And the yeah. SEC is the is uh, is the one in the ACC at least now too, because they're not they've not expanded out of their time zone really. 
or they're only one time zone over as opposed to the big 12 and the big 10 right now that encompass several time zones. But yeah, when you're talking about the cross country, when your closest team in the conference, if you're USC and UCLA is Nebraska, which is 1500 miles away, you're going to try to find maybe pockets of where you play teams. And, and I don't know if you might conference championships, maybe that is even, is it even a thing you would think it would be, I'd be kind of weird not to have that, but it may not be a thing. All right, from the Super Chat, from Mike, anybody who wants Super Conferences of 16 teams or more should go back and look what happened to the old whack when they went to 16 teams. Um, Clint Eastwood, 12. Clint, thank you for watching us. Is he still around? Yeah. Okay. Non-money sports will send all teams to one location to a round-robin all classes for athletes will be on are online anyway. Uh, yeah, but still, when you've got a, it's online or not, you still have to do it, and you still have to take the time. And when you're up and down, and here, you know, if I'm going from L.A. to Madison, Wisconsin, to Piscataway, New Jersey, and back, I can promise you, there's going to be some academic struggles in that. Mm, Online or not. You might have. I wonder how many teams now have tutors who go on road trips. A a lot of, almost all of them do. But again, you have the tutor, you have that. You still have to do the work. Yeah. You still have to be, you know, to to do it. Yeah. They've made it easier for them. But being online, that availability, and it's not just because of COVID, that happened before then, but having that online rather than being in the classroom, it does allow you to still pretty much do what you need to do yeah but also i mean the one thing i worry about online learning um because i took an online class um right after you know like in it you want to remember from all that online class nothing nothing because i didn't have any interaction with the professor i just okay paul well i went to Stephen f austin as you know and and did well but guess what i remember from college pretty much nothing academically (laughs) yeah but i mean everything I i learned from my degree in radio and television the only thing it allowed me to do was get on the campus radio station to gain experience, which eventually got me seen or heard to get into television. But audio one-on-one, I, I don't remember well, no, a, a word. Well, no, and none of it applies now anyway, uh, too, because the, the technology has changed so much. But I do think that it, not everybody's going to be a professional athlete in what they do. So I think that's the other thing you got to consider is how much are you going to be hurting yourself you know, for your career as an accountant if you're kind of half-assing your way through it. Yep, you're right. You know. All right, uh, Christopher Shannon, Maryland, Rutgers, and Penn State are going to hate the four teams on the West Coast. They have no history or affinity for each other. Uh, and and I appreciate, and we appreciate all of you that are in the chat room. There's a lot to get to. Appreciate the super chats when we get them. Uh, and Charles Barkey yesterday with a $200 chat. Man, my goodness, that was great to get that from you. But any of them from, I think, retired stockbroker had one earlier for $3.50. Coming up next, Sam Kahn, TheAthletic.com. We'll have an Arizona State writer at 440 on what's happening with them. We heard from Ray Anderson, the AD. This is 365 Sports. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. And I have a an image here of their Facebook page. Here are the specials for the rest of this week through Saturday when their doors close. Bacon ends and pieces are $1.99 a piece. They have T-Bone, 
porterhouse steaks from 905, 905 a pound to $9.50 a pound. St. Louis and baby back ribs, spare ribs, pork spare ribs, that's $1.99. St. Louis style ribs are $2.70, baby back $2.75. And butter, garlic, pork tenderloin, absolutely delicious and very moist at $3.50 a pound. And whole chickens are $1.50 a pound. It's Waco Custom Marketplace, a full-service butcher shop, a full-service bakery. It's got what you need, the necessities of a grocery store, and they even have a coffee shop. You have a drive through if you want to drop by and get yourself a cup of coffee or get it indoors. Brian Bauer and the Bauer family, Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC an equal housing lender. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, so means it's perfect time for tailgating um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of july we still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties they're 12 dollars a package so that's four patties to a package it's perfect for the time for football gather all your family around that way you can grill it up where's the best beef in texas your house when you order from texas beef house unleash the flavor of texas raised wagyu and how they age it as well from our pasture to your plate texasbeefhouse.com Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagney is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared 
to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin. And you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. Sam Khan, TheAthletic.com. We saw Sam yesterday. There was a little get-together. It was a lot of the media regionally, even nationally, and also locally uh, with a mixer last night. Thanks to uh, Baylor Athletics. We appreciated that. Sam, I'm going to start with this. You have no idea I'm going to ask you this question, but somebody in our chat room said that when you were on 610 in Houston, they used to introduce you uh, a la the Khan from Star Trek. Is that correct? <laughs> I, it's happened before. I, I can't remember when the last time it happened, but it's certainly something that I've heard. Time or two. Yeah, I bet you have. See, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that one to Sam because I like Sam Khan. In Star Trek, was bad, and he kept his shirt open. He's weird. <laughs> weird. He kept his shirt. By the way, oh, by oh, the way, yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, fellas, don't forget to mention about that mixer last night. Whose team won the competition? Oh dear had? God! Oh. All right. So, so there was this. There was there was fun. You know, otherwise you sit around, you talk. I picked the brain of a couple of coaches, but but then Dave Aranda in his own unique way, came up with this game. And I don't know how much we're allowed to discuss this, but it was a game where you put a phone on your forehead and you like there was a game in the phone and it was like a topic or a category, like movies. And the team I was on, we were bad. There are four teams. We didn't even make it to the finals. Paul, your team, among others, did. But, yeah, Sam, you got Matthew Powledge. The defensive coordinator dominated. Well, here's where we aired. We got talked into doing the category of icons and and heroes, thinking that that was going to be more recent celebrities. And here I am trying to tell uh, Caleb Collins, the one of the coaches, who Orson Welles is, and he's a young dude. Yeah. He wouldn't know. So like, pass, pass. We had to pass so many times we couldn't get to it. And then he got kind of hung up on Nelson Mandela. He couldn't say his whole name. And then you guys watch what we did, and we're like, Palage is like animals. I know those: cow, chicken, pig, horse, giraffe. Done. So yeah, bad strategy on our part. It was it was Georgia against TCU. With all due respect to TCU. Work, work smarter, not harder. Palace was the MVP. Yeah, no, he was he was unbelievable. All right, so uh, you know with Colorado coming to the Big 12, and now the next part is who may come with them, if anybody. Uh, what did you think when you heard that Colorado was actually in, and what do you think might be next? You know, certainly – I've been in the camp for the last year plus that I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And the fact that it actually happened and that Colorado went the full measure and rejoined the Big 12, uh, it wasn't a surprise because of what we knew in the you know, 24, 48 hours leading into it. But if you would have told me a year ago that it actually would have happened, I, I think it would have been a little surprised. And so 
the fact that they actually did it then made me turn to think of what else could happen. Could others follow? And, and, it, and what could happen to the Pac-12? And, and in large part, it makes me fear for the future of the Pac-12, and it makes me fear a little bit for the future of the sport because, you know, we saw the report today, uh, reports out that the Big Ten has started to discuss whether or not, uh, you know, they're going to consider expanding and adding some more schools from the Pac-12, depending on what happens to the Pac-12. And I'm just not in a place where I want to see that conference die. Again, we've discussed this on air before. We've all lived through the death of a conference. Uh, Back when the Southwest Conference broke up in 1995, and I can promise you it wasn't fun uh, to see that happen. And so I don't want that to happen to the West Coast part of the sport and the fans who root for those teams. I think it's not good. It's not healthy. So, uh, But I also understand that all these teams are going to be looking out for their own best interests and their own stability and seeking a life raft wherever they can get it. And so I don't really know that there's a way you can stop it. Sam, uh, just on a logistical part of, of Let's Talk Colorado and Deion Sanders getting more of a foothold in Texas, however long he might be in Colorado, how quickly do you think he can make an impact in recruiting? Oh, I think it can be pretty quick because – the, the, going back to the Big 12 with Dion and his name recognition, we all, all obviously know that he spent a lot of his prime years in Dallas with the Cowboys, which is one of the most recognizable brands in, in the world and, and certainly in this state. Uh, I think Dion's name carries cachet down in Texas and particularly in DFW. So I, I don't think it's any secret that Dion wanted to be in the state of Texas, wants to recruit the state of Texas and being in a conference with multiple Texas programs is going to help him do that because you're going to be able to say, hey, you can come play here and then we'll, we'll go visit. We'll go play at Houston. We'll play at TCU. We'll play at Baylor. We'll play at Texas Tech. And so you'll get to play in front of your your, your home uh, your hometowns or your, your fans from your home city. And you'll also uh, get the chance, to, you know, it's not hard to get to Denver. You can, you know, Boulder's just right outside of Denver. So you can take a direct flight from Dallas or you can take a direct flight from Houston or Austin. It's very easy to get there. So I think from a recruiting standpoint, this is going to be a big win for Colorado. And I think you'll start to see them try to get more Texas prospects in their classes, which they did a decent amount of back when they were in the Big 12 the first time. Yeah, now Colorado was able to come in and get quite a bit, a nice chunk of their roster. So Hunter Deckers, we knew Iowa State had – Something else that was probably coming. Uh, here we are now. They're starting quarterback as they start fall camp. And he's gone and probably not coming back. Um, when we make predictions, and in this case, Iowa State was down towards the bottom anyway, but a starting quarterback, you, you don't want anyone to be involved in this, but that it's a starting quarterback. Your, your thoughts about how that kind of maybe was a punch in the gut to the Cyclones? Certainly, because he's a talented guy. And you saw... Uh, signs of it last year and flashes of it. He's a really talented quarterback, and, and you want stability at that position. You want a guy with experience. But at the same time, you do have to like that they were able to sign or recruit J.J. Cole. Uh, that was a huge, huge get for Matt Campbell on that staff. And, and having a guy as talented as him as a freshman coming in is going to help. But if Cole is the guy who has to end up taking the lumps in, in the first season right here and, and end up being the starting quarterback, there's going to be some growing pains. It doesn't, I don't care how good you are. There are very few quarterbacks who can come in and be an impact player and, and throw for 3,000 yards and complete 65, 70% of their passes. 
it's just hard to ask for that. that not everybody as a true freshman is, is Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tonga Bailoa. It, it's really hard to succeed right away as a true freshman. Even Kyler Murray, who won a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma his first year at Texas A and M, had a really good first start and, and had a bumpy couple others after after uh, his next two starts came. It, 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 so there's going to be some growing pains there. I think if they end up having to turn the coal in this situation, but long term, I think you do feel good about him because he is such a prime prospect, and I think uh, I think he'll do a good job there in the long term. And and yet another blow to the to the offense. Like it couldn't be their best linebacker. They they have like seven of those guys. They they just haven't been able to score points. Sam, um, do you see should the conference expand to sixteen teams? Uh, adding Arizona, Arizona State, Utah potentially. And again, we, we have to wait until that happens to, to say that. How do you think that changes their power position overall, overall nationwide uh, when it comes to they're probably in a race with the ACC who's had a rough day today too with one of their schools mad at them? Yeah, certainly I think right now the Big 12 is in a stable position because it doesn't look like anybody's trying to get out. Whereas in the Pac-12, you've got schools trying to get out. In the ACC, you clearly, I mean, Florida State's president on the record saying, we're trying to get out. I mean, I, I, I'm still amazed that he just said that out there for everybody to hear. But I guess there's no sense in hiding your true feelings. But the fact that everybody in the Big 12 seems to be content right now and nobody's looking to go somewhere else puts it in a really unique position that gives it more stability than those other conferences. So, Given that, I think right now you have to think that they're a solid number three behind the bigger, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten in terms of stability. Uh, you know, whether or not that translates as a number three in success on the field and revenue, I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it, it all depends on how all this other stuff shakes out. But in terms of stability for the next four or five years, the Big 12 right now, as we sit here today on August 2nd, seems to be more stable than those other conferences that, that they're grouped with in the Power Five. Is there anything negative about Colorado coming to the Big 12? I don't think so, no. I mean, I, I think because they've already been in this conference, there's a little bit of a fit. I will say that I don't know – I don't is there? I don't know what their natural rival would be uh, in the conference. I mean, certainly I know they, they've got some of the old Big 8 schools they played with, but I don't know how their fans feel about that. Uh, you know, certainly is travel considerations, but they're, they're kind of uniquely positioned on the map where I think travel is a consideration regardless whether it's actual. I don't, I don't really see a negative to it. You, you add a Power 5 program, you add uh, a brand that's been there before, and this is a program that has won a national championship. Granted, it was 30 years ago, 33 years ago. They have won a national championship, and they have achieved at a high level. So that history is, is never bad to add all right, you're always writing something. You mentioned you were writing most of the day today. Is there anything you want to tease that we can let people know is coming down the pipeline? Uh, I, I lost you for a second as I'm driving through. What was that last one? No, I, I, you mentioned yesterday you might be writing for most of the day. Uh, is there anything you want to tease of what you have coming out pretty soon in The Athletic? Yeah, uh, well, I'll just say this. It's, it's got a realignment tie. I've got something coming out here that next probably it's, it's related. It's related to alignment, but it's, it's it's from about 12, 13 years ago. It's a topic that I think we all discussed at nauseum a lot. That I think we'll we'll provide a little bit different perspective on this. So yeah, uh, that's really all I can say at the moment. But but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming. Obviously, you know, 
on our podcast uh, feed up till Saturday. We're talking about this stuff every day. So, you yep. guys, if you haven't subscribed to that, please do. Should Florida State take as much heat as Texas and OU did when they decided they wanted more money? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that, that's the thing here about this is, let me ask this question. What, what is the point of getting all this additional money? Because I keep hearing that we need all this to compete. We need all this money to compete and, and to win the national championship. I went and looked up Florida State's athletic budget in 2005, which is as far back as the Knight Foundation uh, data goes. And their, their budget was $57 million. If you adjust that for inflation in 2023, then that you're talking about $89 million budget. So that, that's what it took to run an athletic program then. You know what a Florida State's athletic budget is right now? 200. In 2020, 2022 was $150 million. Yeah. Their, their expenses were $150 million. So you're telling me that you need more than $150 million to run an athletic department right now? I just find that to be really absurd, and it's not. And I'm no, I don't want to single out Florida State because it's not just Florida State that's doing it. Texas and OU made the same move. Texas makes two hundred million dollars a year in athletic revenue, and they they went to the SEC for a few reasons: for stability, for recruiting prowess, and money. Because the SEC money is going to be better than the Big Twelve money and these other conferences that are not named the Big Ten down the road. At what point is enough enough? And at what point do we stop doing these musical chairs to chase more dollars? And does it, And at what point does it stop serving the entire point of what we're doing in college football? So yes, Florida State should take some heat, but it's not just them. And this is just like a cycle that we've been on for the last few decades that I don't know how it stops at any point. Sam, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Sam Kahn, TheAthletic.com with us on 365 Sports. Well, I, and yeah. yeah, If they're not... If no one is stopping them from spending that money and increasing the no budget, one's forcing them to right. So, um, well, maybe they are because of the arms race. Well, yeah, maybe. But and then maybe I know you're worried about. Okay, how can you even you're going to keep spending this money when all your the people around you have more to spend? I get that line of thinking, but it is also you want to be able to make as much money as you can. That's what it's really about. And then they can, you know, there's some of this convincing that we have to do this because it's the only way. Well. If you're already outspending, and by their own estimation, um, all but eight teams in the country, right? When you're talking about the Big Ten and the SEC, so those are the biggest budgets. You're already, you're ninth by your best estimation on how much you're spending before the TV deal. No one in the state is stopping you. None of your boosters or alumni are stopping you. The money's still going there. Then. Getting the TV revenue is just a cherry on top to make up for whatever deficits you may have, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, nobody's stopped. Like, Neil made a good point. That's their choice to spend the money, and they want to, and they're going to keep doing it because without football, Tallahassee becomes really kind of dull. Believe me, I know. Well, a lot of towns at colleges, yeah. universities. But, yeah, yeah. So, but particularly in places like that, like, it's it's the center right. of the universe. So, so yeah. Well, has there ever – and maybe we did this, and I'm just – my memory banks aren't – has there ever been a story about the amount of money that schools spend in athletics or even towards football and their success rate? I mean, I'm sure there has. When was the last but... time Ohio State won a national championship? Um, 2014. So almost a decade. Yeah. And they spend as much as anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Texas spends as much as anybody in 2005, very close in 2009. 
Um, you know, it's weird is you don't hear about, there's well, certain schools that you don't hear about them spending. Listen, oh, you won the last title in 2000. They've been, but, you know, in, but. You do have to grade differently on the football success rate because it's the hardest sport to win a championship in because the playoff selection or the postseason, the contenders for that national championship are a very been, small it's pool. Been, yeah. And it's been essentially arbitrary for the entire Realm of for yeah. you know well we're going to pick this because of this and we've created this so next year will be the first time that we have a legitimate tournament in college football for the postseason yeah because even the four there is still the well that's why it was interesting even though TCU got blown out they did beat Michigan that there was the thought that even uh, an unbeaten TCU or whatever would would still get bypassed by somebody else. Now, you're still going to have some of that, but now for the most part, you 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 get in the 16, it, you go, "Well, what? This should be 20." No. Let's or 12. Yeah, let's be happy that we even have it up to 12. I do, and I'll say this, and I could be wrong, and that's fine. I would think my favorite program, which has been irrelevant for 15 to 18 or 20 years, probably wins another 3 to 5 national titles had there been a tournament. Because they would lose the one bowl game, uh, they did not. They were good in bowl games, and then they they lost. But if there would have been a tournament, because of how that program was put together, the depth of who they, I think that they probably win an extra couple of national titles. How many would Bobby Bowden have playoff appearances? He would have gotten probably a couple more. He would have been in a bunch because yep. he was in the top four all those years, where it was oh wide right, but he was still fourth. But he still would have finished. In the in the play in the like, semifinals, yeah, yeah. So like, there's so many. Yeah, it's been, and I think that's the argument that got lost on the well. We want the super super elites. We don't want just anybody in this thing. Yeah, but for the most part, you're just going to get a nice matchup. I mean, if you had done this in the '90s and you know Nebraska lost a game, but they're still in the playoff because yep. they're sixth. And then they're going to play against Miami in the first round. Why would you not want that? No, you, you would. <laughs> uh, Kim Coulter, Sam Khan brought it today. Facts. Uh, Sarah Stock. I've seen this a little bit on our chat room, and maybe it even started last week. I was out. But um, for the love of God, don't invite Utah. Uh, that That's the response from there. Uh, that I appreciate the feedback. Uh, going raw with Huck. That money made from these football programs should be split with the players, period. The other, I, I, I don't think you finished your comment, but do you think the revenue in football, whatever's left of it after they make their expense, well, I, how many teams make, how many college football program, athletic departments actually are in the, uh, are in the, in the black? I mean, it's not 12, 15, yeah, it's not a lot. eight. Yeah, it's so like, there going, could be there could be twenty on a on a great year. Yeah, raw, going raw. I I, I kind of get where you're going with that, and that's kind of now they're getting paid with the NIL, and of course that's long time overdue. But really, the money made from football programs split with the players, you have to pay the bills. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a little bit left over, and that maybe there is. But now you have cost of living that's taken care of. You have NIL, which is different from the revenue, but there aren't really many college football programs who are operating in the black. No. Like, I would think maybe less than two handfuls. No, yeah, it's not It's not a lot. And like, if A&M is at $200 million or Texas at $200 million, they're also, their budget is pretty damn close to that, too. Yeah, the, 
I think the the ones that do operate in the black are the ones who are just like Texas and A and M and Ohio State who just churn out. I mean, it's just a it's just a big wheel. They're the ones who are ahead of the curve on all of it. Most of them have always been operating at a loss because that was the whole thing. The NCAA is a not for profit organization, right? Yes. College and universities yes. are supposed to be non profit. Yes. yes. So the whole business model from the time it was set up forever was not for profit. Now, because now people have figured out how to turn it into that, you know, there there's ever changing things. Sarah Stock also said one thing. If FSU lawyers can keep their mascot, they can get out of the GOR. Let me correct you on something there a little bit. FSU's mascot um, was very open and shut because it was it was the the time that they got challenged legally was one dissatisfied member of the Seminole tribe who got really <laughs> mad about it and the rest of them were like you've got to shut up we want this they they're very the Seminole tribe of Florida and Florida State Florida University uh, work very well together uh, and it's been a very good relationship and I hope I hope it stays that way uh, because Florida State from my understanding of it, and there might be nuance to this as there always is, has always done a great job of asking the tribe, what do you need? What can we do for you? How do we make this better? And they also get a big cut of the Nike money. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Hey, Garrett, uh, before we do, do the break, I just sent you a note. This is a tweet. This is between Jason Shear and John Wilner, who actually they both get along really well. Now, there's a couple of others who write or cover or like to promote the Pac-12 or however you want to say it. Promote's not the right word. Where it's it's ugly. Uh, it's it's not very good. But so John Wilner, we've had John on the show, and it's time to get him on here again pretty soon from the Wilner Hotline from the San Jose Mercury News, has had a long running deal in his columns, the uh, Wilner Hotline, uh, where he's given odds, a percentage actually of the survival rate of the Pac-12, and you know it, it might I don't know it might have been eighty percent at one point, might have been fifty. Then so. Jason Shear, survival odds, and I love to death. Unfortunately, not enough people know how to do this anymore is have a sense of freaking humor. John Wilner, God bless you. And I know some of you think John's one-sided, and and you've seen him kind of turn a little bit. There are others that have not. Due to the massive cash being bet on extinction, we have temporarily suspended wagering. So there's no more percentage, John Wilner, on the survival rate of the Pac-12. We'll come back with more 427. We appreciate you being here today. Uh, Garrett, let me know in the break, and then we have the uh, 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 Cartman who's going to help us about Kansas State, I mean about Arizona State. The uh, Brigham Young fan. You want to do that one here? Yeah. All right, so Paul, I'm not sure. This came on my timeline. This is from Stronzato Shafoso, and maybe it's probably supposed to be said backwards, but he goes, David Smug, Brigham Young fan here. So this isn't meant to be offensive because everybody, you almost have to clarify that because it might be. But someone needs to create a meme showing two Mormon missionaries standing on the porch with Pac-12 logo on their shirt, knocking doors, asking people if they'd be interested in purchasing, purchasing Apple TV. <laughs> so CFB, I think it's Big 12 mania. He responded to that and put up a picture of two young men on the porch of somebody's house asking them about Apple TV. Speaking of Apple TV, one of the guys, and maybe, I don't know, and Jim, I'm not trying to say you weren't, but Jim Williams, media consultant, longtime part of the uh, media business, 
kind of gave us that this could be their out at some point. Not sure about the percentage of it, the streaming of it, or any linear, but Jim was kind of a little bit ahead of the curve when he mentioned that to us one of the first times we ever had him on the show about a year ago when he contacted me. He's going to join us today a little bit after 5 o'clock. This is 365 Sports. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon wrap fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micro-market vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micro-market vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com. 
Don's Humidor, your home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year, Aging Room, Quattro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita Dreams, and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley, Don Schumanor in the Townwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. All right, a couple other stories to get to. Brian Kelly, uh, this was interesting, especially coming off the heels of the Hunter Decker story in Iowa State and gambling and college athletics and where we are. So Richard Johnson, who writes for SI.com, if Brian Kelly, LSU's coach, can start releasing thrice weekly NFL-style injury reports, your coach can too, but there is no SEC mandate to do so anytime soon. Uh, league-wide injury reports are not a topic of discussion right now. So he's going to start updating injuries three times a week. There are some NFL coaches that would rather pick up a venomous steak and bite it than do that. Well, Bill Belichick's one of them. I mean, he puts everybody... He's gotten in trouble because he puts everybody as questionable. Yeah, he gets kind of mad. They even got rid of that designation, I think, because of him. Oh, Tom Brady's got a sore ankle. He's questionable. It always not questionable because, and that part of that might have been just Bill Belichick trolling the universe. But did you know what Nick Saban said in the past? Not today. Nick Saban has said that he will discuss injury updates, but you have to ask the question. He's not going to just voluntarily say that his quarterback, you know, tweaked the knee and he's probably uh, questionable for the game against LSU. I I know there is no way. Now, when Bryles was here at Baylor, he would discuss it a little bit. But I think there were many times we did not know about perhaps players who were not practicing and or were not going to play. And, and that's that's kind of the old school way. And look, Dave Aranda doesn't give a lot of specific details, but he'll tell you if yep. somebody's not going to play. He will say that most likely out for a couple of weeks. Because, yeah. You know, and, and I think... Because he doesn't want to just lie to people. Oh, he's doing better. We'll see. We'll see. You know, and he'll say like, yeah, they're still working on this. They're still working on that. And if somebody's coming back, he's, he's usually pretty enthusiastic about it while not committing to, oh, yeah, they're going to be back full speed and score four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not how it, it's going to be. There's a, medi- a happy medium in, in this debate somewhere that works out for everybody. But here's the thing about the gamesmanship that I don't agree with with coaches. If you don't think that the coaches know that the guy who got hurt on television is possibly not going to play in your game and they're not preparing for the next guy, you're probably going to lose that game anyway because you've underestimated your opponent. So none of that, like some of that's just, I think it's a reflex action because coaches have always done it that way. They want to keep those things a secret and... A lot of times, nobody's having the Walt Clyde Frazier limping off the bench moment or Patrick Mahomes, yep. you know, in the AFC Championship game this year where you're like, how's he doing this with this ankle sprain so bad? The reason we remember those things is because they're so rare. Yep. And yep. guys play through 
injuries and things all the time. But look, if I see a dude, a wide receiver, pull up with a hamstring injury at the end of the game, I'm not even assuming he's going to be a factor, even if he tries to play, just because hamstrings are tough to come back from. And most of the time, they're not going to risk it. And most of the time, if you're Dick Saban, you really don't have to worry about it because you're just like, hey, uh, we lost a fast guy. Yeah. Other fast guy that doesn't yeah. play as much, there's you're playing more. more now. There's five more. Go. So there's the John Wilner uh, tweet we mentioned earlier. Uh, Garrett, I, we mentioned LSU, but you're, you're a Tiger. I am. Uh, Go is spelled G-E-A-U-X. That's correct. In your opinion. You like this? I do. I mean, I think it. I think it helps reporters in a sense. I mean, it, it, it just, to me, it makes more sense. I like the, it's like the NFL approach in a way. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see any harm in it because I think Paul brings up a good point. If somebody gets hurt on TV, I mean, everybody knows. So I don't really see any bad things coming from it. I just wonder if, okay, you're going to be transparent, but then all of a sudden you're maybe one week you're not. If yeah, you're going to do it, fair. do it. And, 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 you know, he's not, he's, he doesn't have any pro football background, does he, Brian Kelly? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No. no. So uh, th- this is refreshing. Yeah, I would think. So uh, of interest here. Now, somebody said you guys haven't really mentioned Arizona. We have an Arizona State writer coming up here. In fact, in the next segment, here's what uh, Jason Shear and I we traded a couple of texts. Hell, the guy's probably wanting to block my number, uh, but he basically said he thinks things are going pretty fast but that he's not positive by any way of what is the timeline. There were some after Colorado that by Friday, Arizona would be gone. There were some after the meeting, what, Tuesday, that Arizona would be gone today. Hasn't happened yet. Could happen. But I I do think that it's on on warp speed, but that doesn't mean warp speed means imminent or like when you want it to be. So just kind of stay tuned for that. Jason is on speed dial with us, and so we keep him uh, right there in front of us. Whenever something pops, uh, we we do keep in touch with each other. All right, when we come back, uh, he covers Arizona State, and and I, I don't, you know, it seemed like wouldn't you say Arizona State and Utah, for the most part, have been. You have Colorado and Arizona who have met, et cetera, but then you've had Arizona State and Utah. They're like, nah. We're not really – I don't look at them as – like I'm not saying they're not targets or they're not interested, but it's almost as if they really would rather have to be forced to make the decision where they just have no choice. Yeah, I, 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 that was – because they, they don't want – again, they don't want the, the Pac-12 to go away. I'm going to tell you this, as much crap as uh, you heard from Florida State today, I think in their heart of hearts they don't want the ACC to go away. I think plan A is to get more money out of the conference they can easily win. But I don't think plan A is realistic uh, as joining someone who already makes more money. So that's why this is out there. I don't think I don't think anybody wanted to leave. Nobody wanted to leave the Pac-12. I don't think Colorado might have been a little more split on it because it hasn't worked out well for them. But Arizona didn't want to. Like They just wanted everything to work out for them. They just got sold a bill of goods or they were just so blind to the realities of the situation that mm-hmm. they wound up in this spot in the Pac-12. So, I mean, there's plenty of blame to go around. So. All right, when we come back, we'll ask Chris Carpman what he has sensed when it comes to the Sun Devils. He's with uh, sundevilsource.com. His thoughts about Arizona State. Last uh, Yesterday, a couple of different uh, writers, a former player in Scott Mitchell on Utah, 
Obviously, we discussed Arizona. What about the Sun Devils? My dad got his master's there. This is 365 Sports. Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, Ted Teague, has stayed on top of uh, helping me understand exactly what all the discounts and deals and, and dealer discounts, et cetera, at his great dealership on the Loop, Loop, Loop 340 Highway 6 in Waco. 1.9% financing for 72 months plus employee pricing for all of the 2023 Gladiator Sports, the Willies, and Freedom Edition and get 90 days no payments. Alan Samuels, your one-stop performance dealer in Waco, 25 Dodge Chargers and Challenger Scat Packs, Hellcats in stock ready for the road, last call for the Octane Hemis, and get 2.9% financing for 72 months on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limiteds with no payments for 90 days. 90 days no payments on the 2023 Jeep brand vehicles, the uh, excluding the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer, 2.9% financing for 72 months of the 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star, Bighorn, and Laramie trucks. So just listen to what I mentioned. It's there. It's available. Loop 340, Highway 6, uh, east of 84, General Manager, CEO, Ted Teague at Allen Samuels in Waco. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. Say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. MRI. 
Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenneth. Adult tennis lessons in clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at wacotennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. Sixty-five Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Yesterday we had Scott Mitchell, former Utah player, does radio in Salt Lake City, also a writer. Josh Newman covers Utah. Jason Shear is a, a very much uh, been heavily a part of our show for the last year since USC UCLA. And Chris Carpman is someone Jason said I should contact. He covers Arizona State, SunDevilSource.com. And, in fact, this tweet that he just put out, I believe, recently. Uh, Garrett, I'm not sure if you have that up yet. Uh, hold on just a second before we get to Chris Carpman. But this is an interesting tweet that he put up just a moment ago. Uh, hearing more chatter in recent hours about ASU considering a leave for the Big 12 along with Arizona. It's being discussed more seriously then at any point, there's more about the Big Ten and what they're considering, too. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for joining us, Paul Catalina, and I'm David Smoke. So it, has it heated up? Do you feel like there's more of a needle that might be leaning towards the Big 12 for ASU, who's kind of been on maybe not so interested? Yeah, the needle's definitely moving now. Um, Michael Crow has very long been ASU's president, uh, an ardent supporter of the Pac-12. Uh, I think the presidents have been as much responsible as Larry Scott or any individual in what he spent the last, you know, better part of two decades driving uh, the conference into the ditch. Um, and the servicing of what a lot of the presidents have wanted, led by Michael Crow um, at ASU, who's been so staunchly um, against any sort of realignment or movement of ASU, uh, very academic focus, wants to be part of the tier one research institutions that are part of the, the PAC 12 has spent a lot of years talking about, uh, a vision of, of ASU being like more like Stanford and competing with the director's cup and how large, uh, ASU's enrollment is one of the biggest schools in the country and wanting a student body population that sort of matches that. And even really uh, about four or five years ago, um, after it was pretty clear to a lot of people that the media rights deal was um, was really going to take the conference down, Crow was still saying in media reporting that he thought the Pac-12 would end up ahead of other conferences, and they'd be wondering how that happened in the next round. And 
the opposite, of course, has, has proven true. And I just think that it was very hard for him to acknowledge some of these things and realize that, of course, correction was going to need to be made. And uh, yesterday was a very seminal day in uh, coming to a realization that things weren't ever really going to be what they needed to be in the conference. Uh, had Colorado, Arizona, and other schools you know, been all in lockstep about wanting to stay, things probably would be different. Uh, but they're not, and you have to deal with the reality as it is, not the one that you want. And I think Crow's starting to realize that uh, ASU might have to make a move. So how does – I mean, because he's got to maybe bounce back from this a little bit too because he's one of the ones that's responsible for turning a blind eye to the reality of the situation. So how does a guy that's as intelligent and powerful as Michael Crow stick his head in the sand for so long? Nobody really knows that answer to that. I, my personal feeling is that um, what you want to be the case, you sort of attach yourself to the idea of that and the hope of that. And it's more about aspirationally um, than it is about what is pragmatically viable. And I don't think that Crow has ever made athletics a priority to him. I think he's given a lot of lip service to athletics. Um, it's more like, okay, let's hire two coaches that maybe fans will kids get behind. Uh, they try different sort of approaches with that in the past under his direction. Um, I don't think that he realized the degree to which uh, there was going to be additional realignment. He and Ray Anderson, and his athletic director, both said that they were caught off guard by USC and UCLA deciding to leave for the Big Ten. And really kind of ever since then, uh, this tendency for them to be kind of myopic, especially Crow, uh, has continued to, to show itself and, and be very revealing about them. But I, I, I just, I just think that what they wanted to, to happen, uh, they just were so attached to that and they could get like a continuation bias to where you see things as you want it to be and you keep going down this, this path that's not going to take you to anywhere successfully until you finally see the dead end at the end of the road. Chris Carpman with us, SunDevilSource.com, with us on Arizona State and what may be happening with them, where they are next, at least in 2024. What does it say then, Chris, that Crow, Robbins is kind of always trying to take, he's been kind of smart with what he said, always saying that, hey, I think we're going to be okay. But, but you could tell there was flirtation there. What does it say that Crow who has been so adamant about the Pac-12 and what he wants ASU to be would now be in the situation he is today? Well, it, to me, it shows that he's not been competent as a, uh, as a leader uh, when it comes to Pac-12 athletics. Um, you know, a lot of people have listened to him over the years because he's done such a, a great job of uh, developing and managing the university. And ASU's won all these awards, been, been called the most innovative school in the country for several years in a row. It's expanded its online presence to, to, to uh, and, and improve, at the same time, improve its sort of institutional credibility, academic reputation in all these ways. And then what happens is that leads to you being given a lot of leeway with your perspective on athletics. But I don't think that people are great at everything. And, and, and you have to be willing to, to focus in on the areas that you are great in and then empower leaders who you've hired to work underneath you 
to be able to trust that they're going to give you the right guidance on some of these areas. So the, the biggest flaw, look, I think that had the rest of the conference remained intact and with the college football playoff expanding to 12, and with the top six conferences in the standings each getting an automatic bid to the CFP, that would have been a very viable thing for ASU because it would have had a chance to compete to be in that conversation a lot more. If, and this is a big caveat, the number, the financial distribution number on the media rights deal wouldn't have been significantly lower than the Big 12. So let's say that the Pac-12 came in with a or the Pac-12 got 27 or 28 million compared to 32 million. Well, you might be able to justify that, but you can't justify 20 million or this incentive-based thing that you can't even budget around. Uh, and, and especially when that leaves your fan base feeling like they're, uh, you know, so so disheartened by by what's transpired that they're going to maybe check out. That you're not going to have NIL be robust at your school when that matters so much. All these other factors. And I just think that the cumulative impact of, of realizing all these things together uh, has made it a little bit more apparent to Michael Crow, even though it should have been there quite a long time ago. And he has shown a fatal inability to miss, to not be able to read the, 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 the actual status of the other members of the conference and also um, the, the, the media rights landscape. He's just uh, been very myopic, and he has struggled to come to an understanding that I think a lot of other people already had about where things were going. And he's not the only one, though. I mean, it was it was the, you know, more or less the entire conference executive committee and the people uh, on this board. Would you say that he had more of a voice than maybe a lot of the presidents did there? He had one of the bigger voices. Um They've had a lot of backpack 12 meetings uh, here locally in the Phoenix Scottsdale area over the years. Um, and from what I've heard, Ray Anderson, Michael Crow have been some of the biggest talkers and the, the people who have really tried to sort of lead the Pac-12 through all of this stuff into it, into a new era where things can sort of settle down. They believe, um, by all accounts, they, they believe that George Klyovkov was going to come through with a lot of the blustery talk that he's presented at, at both of the last Pac-12 media days and also uh, many other sort of his comments that he's made. I uh, sort of sort of scoffed. I remember two years ago he like scoffed at uh, the you know the Big 12 uh, comments that were made by your mark about uh, you know, being willing to take on Pac-12 teams and. Um, so I, I just think that there's been so much bluster and so much posturing that's been out there from Pac-12 leadership, from Michael Crow and other presidents and chancellors like him that are in sort of the same camp. And they were just sort of hoping that they would be able to steward uh, the conference through all of this. But they've been outplayed. I mean, uh, the Big 12 was ahead of them in the media rights negotiations to get a deal done. The lack of having that created a lot of instability. The, the inability of the Pac-12 to expand with San Diego State and these other teams because they have to pay such a huge amount of money, then that doubles because they, they, they didn't accomplish it at the deadline that was needed. Uh, there's been basically sort of a uh, you know, uh, paralysis 
by analysis as they sort of walk their way all the way to to uh, basically the the end of the line on this. I, I just uh, with with the Big Ten considering additional expansion into the West and Colorado being pushed um, in sort of a seemingly a take it or leave it sort of an opportunity because they made that move ahead of even just like less than a week ahead of uh, Kliavkov's, uh presentation to the Pac-12 about what the media likes to do. They didn't even wait for that number, which is an indication to me that they were sort of told, hey, you got to do this now or you might, have, you might not have the opportunity later. And that leverage is one that I think has also uh, sort of pressed Arizona and maybe even now is moving on to, to ASU. Do you know or have you heard, because I've heard 20, I've heard 22 and a half. I even have somebody, Jim Williams, in fact, thinks it's in the mid-20s as far as million per school. Have you had any figures other than what we know might be incentives with subscription with Apple TV? Yeah, so they were presented multiple uh, opportunities, and they have the ability to sort of choose or um, you know, have a sort of a hybrid model, and it was from what I understand, $20 million is like the minimum, but if they go with one that guarantees even less than that, they have the ability to uh, have that scale up if they meet certain uh, subscriber numbers that could theoretically uh, allow for the revenue to be closer to the, to the high 20s or something along those lines. But a lot of what, what the reason that there's a lot of skepticism about that is uh, remember, Larry Scott sold everyone on the, the importance of retaining ownership when, in the Pac-12 network, and, and what that would lead to from a a, uh, a a better financial situation years down the line, which never materialized. So now, when you take when you have new conditioners take this thing, that's sort of a incentivized uh, uh, opportunity. Uh, a lot of the, the 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 same people are like, well, we've already seen what happened before when we when we went down that road so uh, I think that was part of what has contributed to the movement that we've seen with Michael Crow and maybe even others kind of kind of coming off their anchors on this thing uh, within the last day well it's, it's been interesting and seen kind of the tide turn a little bit and then Arizona State like I said in Utah seemed to be those that didn't want to be bothered by it that they wanted everything to continue status quo, but it is interesting. And then, of course, there's a connection. I know the Board of Regents that runs both Arizona and Arizona State, that'll be a kind of a political thing. And that, that Crow had so much influence yeah. and huge Larry Scott backer for, for many, many years. Chris, would you say, and I'm not trying to, we're not going to like, oh, my God, you were wrong or right. Uh, if you're right, damn right that we'll tell you everyone's you're right. Would you say by the time football season begins, let's say that first full weekend of the season is in September, that we'll know about Arizona and Arizona State in the Big 12? I think that we'll know um, if they're going to make that move by then, yeah. yeah. But I think it's not, it's not going to take another four weeks for us to get to some sort of a resolution on that. I really don't believe that. Uh, a lot of the talk you guys have seen all of these media narratives about deadlines and when things are going to happen and all that stuff. And I never was reporting any of that because I think that you have to consider the, the source motivations. And a lot of what's been reported uh, out there from Pac-12 perspective or Big 12 perspective or Colorado, or Arizona, or whatever, it's, it's people who have goals and agendas trying to 
push those narratives through the media to uh, affect what, what what's going to end up happening. And there's never been a time prior to literally this week that I've heard a lot of the things that I've been hearing about ASU. So this is, we're, we're in now, I think, the 11th hour of this situation. I don't think it's going to take, you know, a month or, or longer to get to some sort of a conclusion on it. And things went from very strongly ASU wanting to stay in the Pac-12, just not even but the end of last week, to now, within the last several hours, okay, like there's a good chance that ASU is going to end up moving to the Big 12. You did good. Very well done, Chris. And I'm glad Jason sent me your number and we got you on the show. It'll be interesting to watch. I've always had kind of a fondness for Arizona State back when they, in the 60s, I know, believe me, I was old. Uh, I'm old. That's where I live. We, we lived in Tempe. My dad got his master's uh, from Arizona State. Charlie Taylor, back in the day, right? Back oh, in yeah. the old school oh, stuff. Yeah. Frank Cush and uh, Jake Plummer and that team. So uh, I, I love their history. I've always thought that they're a sleeping giant and, and at times they've kind of been able to wake up and like a dragon and do their thing, but it just seems like it's too few, too far uh, in between. But thanks for your time on the uh, Sun Devils, and we'll stay in touch, okay? Sounds good anytime. Thank you. Chris Cartman, sundevilsource.com. Yeah, I did. You know, it did occur to me because we were talking so much about Arizona, and then, you know, we'd said, look, they share a board of regents and all these things that when – the Arizona meeting, because that the meeting they called was about something for University of Arizona, not Arizona State, but that that same board who is in charge of both schools, when they turn it off, that they wouldn't just be talking about Arizona. It took me a second to go, well, now, don't you have to say, well, what about Arizona State as well? Yep. Because we can't, especially if there was a situation where it was only one spot. I mean, do you have, like, the Joker in the Dark Knight where you have tryouts and only one he's going to make it? I mean, you can't. You can't cut off your like. You can't say, "Well, look, Arizona State's president was really pompous about this, so sorry, you guys lose." Mm. Robert Robbins was a lot more realistic about the situation, so Arizona wins. Yeah, because you have to serve the best interests of both schools simultaneously. Yeah, no, I. It's interesting how things have changed. Now uh, he also he called out. He didn't say who, but he did call out a little bit of the uh, narrative that you might see with articles or columns or whatever, uh, trying to maybe as an influence. We have seen that. No matter all of the back and forth, the anger, the frustration, the almost turf war that we've seen since USC and UCLA left, you have seen that. In fact, some who have been on this show have said, hey, "Okay, here comes here comes the narrative that Colorado is the worst team in the conference, and they were uh, that." They're not going to be missed if you replace them with San Diego State. With all due respect to San Diego State, I'd hope for their case they do get a chance at a Power Five. Uh, and then you start to look at, well, but if they lose somebody else, uh, you know, if they lose Arizona, it's not that big of a deal. It's also from the same people that were saying for the last five to seven months, nobody wants to leave and nobody is leaving the Pac-12. And here we are. We know one, maybe two, possibly four, and who knows how many others. Thank you very much. Pat Tillman, of course, the great Pat Tillman of Arizona State, former Arizona Cardinal, as a part of that great tradition, too. I brought up Frank Cush. He could not coach in today's football. Uh, I'm not saying he couldn't, but Frank Cush, um, he was an ass kicker. 
not kisser, kicker. He was, Arizona State was really good for the longest of time, independent for a while. I'm not sure exactly the timeline there. I always remember them. And then, of course, the whack, et cetera. But, man, that was old school. Back when now old school, I guess, is not quite allowed, right? When we come back, Jim Williams, Apple TV, he brought them up a long, long time ago. This is 365 Sports. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. When you walk up to the entrance of the gym, which is also a tennis academy, there's a sign there that is always put up that kind of makes you wonder, okay, am I committed to getting healthy? And it's kind of got usually a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek to it. Now, in other words, like sweat is fat crying. That's one of them. There's a T-shirt that they sell that's that. If you want to get fit, if you want to get in shape, if you want to lose weight and inches and keep it off, there's a lot of different ways you can lose weight and inches. But if you want to keep it off, one of the best and probably the best way, and I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm an example, is by doing it the hard way, methodically losing five pounds or six pounds or seven pounds and eventually 50 pounds and 90 pounds, and then keeping it off because you're doing it the right way, methodically going to the gym, Stairmaster and or running on the treadmill, weights and or classes, and there are 40-plus classes. Tomorrow morning early, the boot camp, when it's going to be muggy, humid, muggy, same thing, and hot as hell, and out there doing that before I go play a round of golf, just because I want to make sure I stay in shape. I don't want to gain that extra inch. I don't want to gain those extra five pounds. And you have uh, personal trainers, Christy London, Randall Corley. Nathan is now there as well. He's joined their staff as a personal trainer and helping to help people reach their goals. Not just lose weight, but keep it off. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lake Shore Drive in Waco. Looking for power, performance, adventure, or luxury? We've got it all at Alan Samuels in Waco. Find amazing deals during the Make This the Summer sales event on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler sedans, minivans, or a sporty Dodge. At Alan Samuels, we're committed to taking care of our customers. And that means a large inventory on hand for you to choose from. Shop AlanSamuelsDCJ.com or come see us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or Waco Custom Marketplace.com. It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Brad Wilson. Investing his time and experience back to you and your money during today's changing times. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. All right, here we go at this 5 o'clock hour. Craig, by the way, out until Monday. Everyone's kind of after this week. I think there'll be maybe a slippage of a day or two between now and the start of football season. But he's out until Monday. Paul Catalina. I'm David Smoke, 365 Sports. Emery Winter, Jack McKenzie, Garrett Ross today are running the mothership. Um, So we're now joined by Jim Williams, media consultant in the the business, uh, writes columns for Forbes and Zanger. And... Jim, when we had him on for the first time ever, I don't remember exactly how many months ago. It's been almost a year. Uh, he's the one that really kind of threw out the Apple TV, and some people scoffed, and there's been some things that he's asked about or mentioned or said, what do you think about this? But he got in front of Apple TV pretty quickly. Jim, thanks for your time and being a part of the show. So when hey, you – Yeah, hey, great hey, to have you on, Jim. So you brought them up early uh, – why did you bring them up early and not like Amazon or others that, that could have been, and, and we still don't even know all the answers here, but why did you bring them right. first? Well, because Amazon, is, you know, bought all the content, right? They had movies, they had TV shows, they had contracts with a bunch of different people. Apple, on the other hand, didn't. Apple was starting everything from scratch. I mean, if you look at Ted Lasso and, and everything that Apple did, was through Apple, you know, owning the content. So it, it just thought, you know, going back to 2019, you know, Apple's first, you know, real talking about sports was to Larry Scott when Eddie Q went from, uh, you know, the Apple headquarters over to 
to talk to them about, um, you know, what would it take to get the rights for 2025? And that was in 2019. So, you know, they were in on it for, you know, since before day one. And I just thought that, and that was the, that was the same month they launched was in, uh, you know, in, in 19. So it, they had this, you know, they had college and Tim, Tim Cook's a big college football and basketball fans. So, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, that was it. Plus think about it from the investment standpoint, Stanford, Cal, Washington, Oregon, you know, and back in that time, it was UCLA and USC. I mean, all of the schools have heavy investment in the tech industry. So, you know, it just seemed to, to track well. So, Jim, why would uh, the PAC even consider, and I'm, I'm guessing that's why George Klyovkov didn't want to bring it to them and show them that this was the best offer they had on the table, consider a deal where they don't even know how much it's really worth past the initial payment they'll get? I, you know, I don't know. It, it, um, I wish I could have answered that question, Paul. Um, uh, all Most of these deals that are done with, um, streamers have these kind of escalator deals with, you know, incentives here or there. Everywhere it'll go with a base and then you sell the, the subscription. Uh, I, I just think that had this been, had they, had this been brought to them and sold to them early where they could get a brace on it and, you know, and, and, and think about it and, and work with it, they might've been able to do it. But I think this late in the game, um, they just, they're just so dug into traditional television that they just can't get, wrap their head around this. And, and at this point, it's, um, in, in many ways, it's not really fair to Apple, to be honest, uh, because they're looking like the bad guys here. And it's not their fault that, you know, this is the way it, it ended up. So, um, I kind of feel bad for them because, you know, they came in, they put in the best bid. If there was a better bid out there, George would have taken it to him. And there isn't. So, you know, they're getting beat up. And um, and I don't think it's, you know, it's not really their fault. All right. So I, I, you and I traded a couple of texts. God, oh, we've traded dozens of them over the last yeah. several months. But you've seen anything from $20 million. 22, 22 and a half million. You think there's a figure higher than that. Why do you feel like it's higher? I think it's higher because I think that they know that they have to put a number there that is reasonable and reasonable. It's got to be around 25. So my, the number I think it is, it's 25. And then the escalators can get, could get them by, you know, the 31 seven, which is the, you know, the big 12 number. I, I just think at this point in time and, um, you know, I started writing column this morning. I've, I deleted and, and started and deleted for about 20 different times because things change. I, I just don't think they're going to, I don't think it's going to be enough to push them across. And it's not, it has nothing to do with the money. I think it has to do with the linear. I have to think it has to do with the comfort level that the teams have with linear television. And I just don't think they want to go streaming to the extent that Apple would do it, whether or not it would be successful or not. And and I don't, uh, you know, as I say, I think at this point in time, I honestly, anything that was going to come up there um, was just not going to be enough. 
to get uh, to get some of these guys uh, on board. So, you know, it's been a long day for everybody, and it's been a long couple of months. But I just I think that uh, when they walked in there and said, "Here's our streaming deal," and there wasn't enough linear in there, I just that to me, I, it just I don't see Arizona. You know, when Bob Roberts comes out there and says, you know, it's got to be 50% linear, there's just nothing happening there. It just can't be. Dennis Dodd and I did a, a column on CBS months ago that it, there was just no way to get the 50 linear. So, Jim, if, um, if there are, um, you know, possibilities of more than two schools or one school joining the the Big 12. You've got to go to Fox yeah. and get that money. So if Fox right. doesn't want to pay, and they ask, somebody asked this on Twitter, and I'm trying to, if they don't want to pay the money to the Pac-12 that has these teams in it, why would they want to pay that to get the Big 12 up so that they can get to 16? I don't know, Paul. I mean, I I guess um, I guess that they're, they're looking at this as, a, as an investment, and... Um, it's an investment in four schools as opposed to an investment in nine. So maybe that's the way they're looking at it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, uh, I wish I, I wish I had an answer for you. Um, it, it just, um, and again, remember they're, they're they're the amount of money they're paying is less than, um, than, than what they would have to pay. They were paying them, uh, on, uh, you know, for the big, for the Pac-12 right. So, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, uh, let me, and, and, you know, we have Bob on and, and we've had Patrick on. Yeah, I know, Bob you. was on yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. no, we, and, and of course you guys have been incredible for us to give us insight and knowledge behind the, the, the room, like in the boardrooms and whatever else. Right. So, it is whatever the 20, 21, 23, 20, whatever million. Then there's yeah. the incentives. Is the 25 right. million plus incentives and what would be in your opinion what would be the expectation of how much and how many of those subscriptions would it be $49 $69 what would it be and then on top of that who's going to pay for the production does that come out of that money does the pack 12 get or do they write the pack 12 a check how many years would this be Jim would it be five would it be seven I mean there's a lot of these questions that still also need to be tied up uh, right uh, let's all right, let me put together the deal that, that I think that could save it, maybe, okay? Okay. 25 base. $49 to Apple subscribers, $69 to everybody else. You give away subscriptions to every student in the, that's in a Pac-12 school for year one and you, you know, the subscription situation where, um, you know, what's the subscription situation from standpoint of how, how do you have to add if you, for every million subscribers you add, you know, uh, you, you split it 60, 40 to, um, to the conference. Um, that, might be something that gets you, uh, you know, gets it across the line. Because I think that you give it to every student um, in the Pac-12, 
you could even go and, and do a discount where if you're a student from other schools or any school in the country, you could give them uh, you know a discount there. But I think if you price it at 49 for a year um, and 69 for anybody who isn't uh, an Apple subscriber and put everything on, on, uh, on the, um, put everything on the, the uh, PAC 12 network and go ahead and, uh, and, you know, cut them a check for production. Um, I think that would get it across cause that would, uh, and I would actually start this this year because they own the, the PAC 12 owns the network. So you could let, Apple get ahead of the game and put them in there and say, okay, you're going to take charge of the, um, of the network. They would clean it up and not do seven different, you know, variations of the network, just one network, like the big uh, 10 network and run it that way. Apple could do that tomorrow. I mean, if that's what they wanted to do and that could be your introduction and your rolling. So my way of doing it would be make a deal with the pack, for this year to take over the network and stream the network, uh, give that away for free on Apple TV plus, and then, you know, roll out, you know, the, um, the big, uh, package in, uh, in 2024. Yeah, I, you give every student a free subscription. Okay. I get, yeah. are there even that many pack 12 diehard fans are going to buy any subscription? Uh, if, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say there's not fans. Washington, we know a right. ton of people go to their games in Oregon, et cetera. But are they going to do that? And, and is this like basically trying to take a doll that's been busted apart like a pinata and trying to tape it back together? I, I kind of think it's what this whole concept was with Apple is it's a proof of concept. Okay. It's show me what you can, you know, we, that we can do this. It's what they're doing with the MLS, right? It show us that you can handle a lot of, of, uh, of, if you're going to do major baseball or basketball, the NBA or major league baseball, any of that, you really need to prove that you can do it. And I think that what they're doing with the MLS is saying, okay, we can run, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 games at a time. And it's not, you know, and we can stream them and everything looks good. So it's a proof of concept. The, the thing, David, that I think people can't, there, you can't equate streaming to broadcast television. It just doesn't. It's apples and oranges, no pun intended, um, in that situation. Uh, you just can't because they're, they don't, they are not looking for the same thing. Um, you know, ratings are meaningless in this case. So you have to, you have to look at it in a different way. And, um, and so it, it, it becomes complicated. And, and right now, the last thing the Pac-12 needs is something that's complicated. So, yeah, that that's that's very true, Jim. How do you see this, in your opinion, playing out over the next couple of days? I, you know, all of us, you guys have been outstanding at trying desperately to play this so that it's, it, you know, not one conference against another conference against anything else, and we've all been Everything we've said, we've said, let's, let's hope the pack survives. Honest to gosh, guys, I, I, you know, I've, I've run every possible scenario in my head and I just don't see how if they, even if, if they had the, the perfect, um, streaming setup there, I just don't see Arizona 
buy in it. And if Arizona doesn't buy it, well, that takes you down to eight. Even if Arizona State and Utah wanted to stay there, I don't know. I, I just don't. I, I think at this point in time, um, the dam's about to break, and there's just nothing that that. Uh, and that's why I said I, I feel bad for Apple because you know, not really their fault. They put in the best bid. You know, you're, you're getting pounded in the press for for putting in a good bid. Um, you know it is what it is, but I honestly, guys, I, I wish I could say that I, I think the pack's going to survive this, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. All right. So you say 25, let's say you're wrong. Yeah. All right. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time, David. No, no, no. Because some people are like, people want to, you know, here's the thing about what the chat room or message boards, people yeah. want to read what they believe and they don't want right. to. And one of the things we have tried to do, and I appreciate what you said yeah. is we are trying to give Different angles, different opinions, different whatever, even sometimes evidence and facts, and people can grab whatever. We don't want it to be like we shove things down people's throats, although a couple of people in the chat have said that before. But you think it would have to be a minimum, a minimum base of $25 So if, in fact, you learn in the next two or three days that it's twenty-two, do you just go, hell no, there's no way? Because there may not be a way even at twenty-five. No, you're right. And, and and here's the problem. It's let's just say the number is twenty two, okay? And nobody else is there. I mean, literally we don't know that there's anybody else there. Let's say it's twenty two and it's nobody else there. All right. Um, if you've got Roberts who said it's gotta be fifty percent linear, you've got a lot of these presidents and other folks that are involved that, you know, are old school. The idea of streaming might just be enough to break that, you know, that log jam. And as I said, I would love to see it uh, just to see how it works. But I don't know. I just don't know. Jim, you and I have been texting back and forth the last couple of days. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Jim, I did not know. Jim and I have a separate friendship than the, all of us. It's just That's how it right. works. It's just this is these are things that happens when you introduce people, Smokey. Um, right. But. Uh, Jim, you know the ACC really well. Florida State in the last couple days, especially today, with a lot of what right now is only bravado because they can say no document is going to stop them from leaving and that they feel that they've got a plan, they've got an understanding, and they need to make more money, and that's all well and good. But A, they don't know who wants them if they were to leave, uh, and that might be B, but A, they can't even get out of the league just easily. Um, do you think, and we've talked about this, that this is disruption to try to create some buzz that they get an alliance of teams within the conference to try to great, break this grant of rights? Because if it was just that easy as saying, we're tired of this, then they could leave tomorrow, but I don't think that's really possible. I've got two words for it. Billable hours. Because... Um, <laughs> That's what you're getting. You're getting. You could get sued by members of your own conference in this deal because you know you're breaking stuff up that, in essence, could you know. There's all kinds of legal aspects to this. I mean, there's just nothing here that I just I I, I think what they're doing, and it's not this. This could very very good, and FSU's doing what they can, and I get that, and I think it's not a bad idea. They're pushing every button they can to see how far they can go to get more money out of ESPN. 
and that's where they are right now. I think that's what they're trying to do is just doing the best they can because you can't break that breaking that grant of rights is going to take a while, and um, it's going to there's going to be a lot of hard feelings uh, when they try to go to um, you know some disproportionate revenue source. That's not going to necessarily work either. So so yeah, I think I mean, is it worth testing? Yeah, sure. And are they out there, you know, willing to give it a try? It looks that way. But man, you know, you guys had Bob yesterday and Bob was talking about the grant of rights. And obviously um, everybody knows that Bob and I don't know anything about the grant of rights anymore. <laughs> uh, so, but but yeah. clearly um, the grant of rights is, there's a reason it's there. I mean, the networks don't sign the grant of rights. So this is basically you're in a, in a group with people that uh, you want to um, to work with. And if you don't want to work with them anymore, it's going to be difficult because you signed a deal with saying you're going to be working with them for, you know, to 2036. All right, I want to make sure at the end of this, and Jim, as always, we appreciate it. And a lot of times that you promote us, whether you're on the show or not, and appreciate your time on everything. But so you think what it might be, you've said that, that what the base of $25 million or whatever, and then the subscriptions and what you do with the kids on campus, young men and women. But you are also saying that you feel like there's enough cracks in the dam. Because we, we even had an Arizona State writer just a minute ago, and he feels mm-hmm. like that's shifted. And that's a guy that's been really pro-pack and wants mm-hmm. to be a part of the pack. But they even maybe are wobbling. And, and we know what Robbins has said all the right things, but he's never, ever said, you know, that it's no matter what, we're staying. You feel like the dam, the crack was Colorado, but now you might see the burst if it's if, if in Arizona might lead to two or three teams? If, it's there, if Arizona goes, I think it's gone. Oh, because so, it, I okay. I, I just don't think, I mean, I'm the folks I, I really trust in Utah, and even I got some stuff back from them and I just feel that I just, you know, I wish I'm trying to be positive, but I can't, I just can't, um, I, I can't find a way to make this work. And, just, and, and I want to get to that point too, because some people sit there and say, well, he's a mouthpiece. You've seen it. You know, he's trying to prop. Yeah, that's me, that's yeah. not your job. Your job no. is to tell what you hear, learn, or think, yeah. but you're not, hoping they survive because you're pro pack. You're just hoping they survive just because you want to see a conference remain in existence. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, you and I've seen two conferences that we love the Southwest conference and the big 10 con I'm big uh, East conference go South for the winter. And it's not fun. We've known people in there. We know that, you know, oftentimes people forget that, when schools and universities make these changes, there's a lot of, 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 of people that are collateral damage in this. And so, you know, we have relationships with those folks. So it's not, does Jim Williams want the Pac-12 or, you know, to survive because he doesn't like any other conference. It's just that you have friends and you have you've made relations over the years that you just hate to see a conference that's been there for 126 years, you know, fold into the dust. Mm. Yep. And and there are hundreds of years of experience. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your Mm -hmm. time as always. Jim Williams, he writes for Forbes, also Zanger has been in the business and 
I've said this a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand and one. The fact that we were able to find Jim, he found us. And then also Bob Thompson and Patrick Craig's has been incredible. It really has been. We, there's other media uh, people that we've had discussed off the record or on the record with, but th- those three guys have been great to have to pick their brain along the way. Absolutely. Somebody just walked into our studio. That was a, that's the owner of the building. Just so he flat out, like, <laughs> Garrett <laughs> did not want him in. Yeah. Garrett I was, was lucky. Emery is the yeah. nicest human being. Like, he's the only, I mean, Emery's a sweet dude, right? And I mean that in a really way. He's like got a nice heart, unlike everybody else that works here. Um, he just walks right. I mean. Well, no. Well, I told Emery. Is there an emergency? No, Brad, well, we have, there's a. There's a thing I need Brad to check out for us. Oh, he was that in town. smell. Yeah, I was not going to mention it earlier, but yeah. It's, it's not a bad smell. It's not like poop. It's it's kind it's of like there. It's not like pole monkey business. No. It is is it like a, a musty smell. Yeah, there's something going on. And we had a smell. I don't know if you, if you watch the show, you may remember because it kind of hit us in the middle of a show. But all of a sudden, the pee trap in the bathroom just was was dry and all that. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, Brad also says our rent. And you're too. down there yeah. smelling so, the drain. Yeah, we're trying to. So we got it figured out. And when that came up again, that's what I immediately did. And and then it kind of didn't go away because it's a different it's a different thing. So we just wanted him to know because he can get into other places in the building that we can't because you know. Well, you know, we, uh, so we're welcoming him. It was not like we were being robbed or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, we will have John Machota. He's in Oxnard. My God, who wouldn't want to be with the temperatures and the weather there? Uh, I believe that either last night was Jerry Jones's annual training camp media no party. Boom. Yes. Yeah. So we'll get Al into Michaels that with him. Now, uh, I'm not surprised. But this is 365 Sports. Riverbend Liquor and Wine. Look, when you're a great business, you have the opportunity to grow, and they have done that. They now have a new location downtown, just a stone's throw from where we are right now uh, on Franklin Avenue. You uh, can go down there. If you are kind of interested in what's trendy, what's happening, what's hip, what's going on on social media, they've got those kind of trends when it comes to uh, alcohol and drinks. So if it's the seltzers or some of the different um, mixed drinks or things that are going on, that's what their kind of focus is. And then if you want to go to the original location on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, that's your great craft beers, your local craft bourbons that are fantastic. No matter which location you're going to go to, you're going to get the same great, speedy and efficient, wonderful customer service. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, check them out on their Facebook and Instagram pages now with two locations, downtown Waco and the original Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovy. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. 
If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help is finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. When it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, IdealMRI. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Welcome back to 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. It's time for our weekly segment with John Machoda of The Athletic, brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus, and best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects, with two locations in Waco and Bryan, family-owned and operated since 1943. All right, by the way, just a note, you know, the Brazos Parking, which is across MLK from McLean Stadium, where there's a, a like that new tailgate area that they started, uh, and, and it's changed, of course, on campus as well. But I, uh, Brian and Ashley and Colt, we have an area there across the street from McLean Stadium, and they're all it's, uh, the George's Party Zone is re- returning 10 years after they began the area. They're back. They've been gone for a couple of years uh, they're back to, by the way, being a part of that game day destination. But 365 Sports will also have our area. And then, of course, we do the pregame shows inside the studio a mile down from McLean Stadium. We're now joined by John Machota. We don't like him at all. We bring him <laughs> on because he's been in Oxnard for over a week. He was at Jerry's party. What's it called, Paul? So, so, Nobu. Nobu. Yeah. Some fancy-ass place in L.A. Um Rubbing shoulders with all the media, Jerry Jones and company. John, did you survive the night? What time did you get home? 
I had a curfew, a curfew for you. So I really didn't tear it up. I uh, I had to do a pilot. Uh, so I was a designated driver for a small group of us. So I didn't get after it like I might have in some years past. So I was pretty responsible on this night, but I also retained some good information. You know, that's the that's the trade-off there. You have too many cocktails, and then you don't remember all the secrets you were told um, that you can use at a later date. So, no, it was good. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it never gets old. It doesn't matter how many times you go there. It's just beautiful. It's right on it's right on the Pacific Ocean. Uh, great view. I mean, you're on this deck that just overlooks the ocean. And you're eating expensive free food and drinking expensive free drinks. So, yeah, pretty nice. So, John, um, Jerry Jones has been resolute in a lot of things about Zach Martin or – I mean, I know he floated out that the the you know the door's not ever closed on Zeke Elliott. Um, if they need him, they'll they feel like they can call him. Uh, what do you think will ultimately resolve on Zach Martin, and how soon? And is Zeke Elliott just something he likes to float out there? I I think Jerry likes the idea of the Zeke thing and, and keeping doors open because of the fact of it's Jerry Jones and he loves when people are talking about the Cowboys. So whether it be Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor or not being in the ring of honor uh, and should be in the ring of honor or uh, something like Ezekiel still being a free agent. Um, I just, I can't even think of many occasions where Jerry like shut the door on anything. He loves to keep it open. I mean, I still like it's unlikely, you know, but because Jerry still has a little bit of interest there, I feel like, I mean, I, I, I felt like it was a 1% chance maybe about a month ago. I would never go any higher than maybe 5% chance even now. Um, so I, I don't think it's likely, let's put it that way, on the Ezekiel Elliott thing. Zach Martin wouldn't surprise me because he's, as you can tell by some of the quotes that came out uh, a few days ago, uh, or I think it was Saturday, yeah, before their practice on Saturday, where Jerry really made it clear, like, he's, he's dug in. So um, eventually, I think that Zach, you know, taking on these fines every day, $50,000 a day, that's adding up. And he's got two years left on the contract. and just does not sound like the Cowboys are going to budge on, on redoing that deal. Um, I think one of the factors is that the precedent, it sense for future, you know, major contracts. So, you know, they give the new deal just recently to Trayvon Diggs. What if the two years from now, Trayvon Diggs has another 11 interception season? is like, no, I think I deserve $25 million a year. Um, so there's a little bit of that, too, because – you know, you still want to re-sign CD and Micah and Dak. And so because of that, it just, like I said, from everything that I've heard, Jerry's pretty dug in on this one. So uh, um, they're playing a game of chicken, and uh, Jerry seems to not be having a problem with this at all. So And we don't have the Zach side of it because he's not out here. So I still don't think he misses games, but – I'm at the point now where I wouldn't be totally surprised if we don't see him, you know, for another week or maybe not even at Oxnard at all. Why would you do that? You have this team that apparently is set to go and there's a lot of others who maybe are down a notch. Why would you do that? And then would they then also ask, Zach, you've been waiting for this team that can get us to a certain promised land and why would you want to hold out? Why? Why would you mess with a guy that I think is, the, to me, one of the top three or four? You cannot lose him on your roster. I think it's probably because, I mean, Jerry's not going to say this publicly, but he, he, it's probably because there's a little bit of him not thinking Zach will really miss games, you know, and I think that that's a big factor here, you know. Um, 
And then it, it just doesn't sound like that, you know, from the cowboy side, it doesn't sound like it's about a new long-term deal. It's Zach wanting more money on the current deal. And, and then obviously his age factors in too, but Hey, I'm just telling you what I've, what I've heard and come across. I don't necessarily uh, agree with it, but also I'm not managing the cap. And so I do, there is a part of me that understands too, that, you know, if you start going and giving him 20 million uh, instead of the 14, then where does that, you know, how does that factor in with other guys that you're trying to resign and things like that down the road? If all of a sudden you're giving him a new deal and, Mm-hmm. and all of that and so I, I i can see both sides of it don't get me wrong but i also think there's a ton riding on this season and that there isn't very good depth on the offensive line and if you are without your best offensive lineman and arguably well not even arguably he is their best offensive player he's a guy that's probably going in the ring of honor he's probably going to be in canton um i just think the trickle down of not having him with an offensive line that has already got a lot of question marks isn't a great thing so, like I said, it's it's a game of chicken right now. See, kind of who's going to give in first. Um, but as what we're hearing right now out here from Jerry, doesn't sound like he has any plans of giving in anytime soon. How do you think that uh, the Ronald Jones suspension factors into the running back uh, race behind Tony Pollard? I well, I mean, it obviously factors in because he was in the mix, but I don't think it factors in significantly over the next week or so, because I do think that they really want to see what they have in some of these younger backs. I think they want to get in these preseason games and see Deuce Vaughn and Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle and see what they can do. And if they show them enough, then it's like, okay, well, we got, we got plenty of guys here. We won't have Ronald for the first two games, but we got enough here. Uh, we're good. Now you get in these preseason games and all of a sudden you don't look like you're, you're having very much success and that maybe you don't have that right number two back then that's maybe when you go out and whether if it's Zeke still out there or Leonard Fournette, somebody a little bit more affordable, um, that's when maybe you make a move for, for a player like that. But as of right now, you know, Mike McCarthy said it the other day, you know, he wants to see these young backs. He wants to see what they have there. And certainly that's, that's for in the preseason, you know, and those guys that I mentioned will all be getting a lot of snaps in these preseason games. All right. So Paul, it sounds like John was there last night. He admitted that he did. Was did you see Al Michaels? I did. I did. That's always, that's always a uh, moment where you're just kind of like, man, I grew up like this guy was calling. Like I felt like almost every major sporting event, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, never gets old. So Paul and I, we were able to, when we used to go out there and of course with our show, the format, what we do mainly with college football, that's not as much of a, we need to do that, but not that we wouldn't want to be out there. But we went down there one time in one of those parties and Larry Lacewell just unleashed historical moments in life. I mean, I just wish we could have taped it because it would have been a great podcast because I miss that, man. But it it was, that's the kind of stuff you get, right? Everyone's just kind of loose, relaxed, maybe a couple of like cocktails and and you just kind of enjoy what you hear and then you kind of file some of it away. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like anyone's bringing out, you know, recorders or anything like that. And it's (laughs) all very well understood that this is all off the record and it's just like for background to kind of know where everything stands and uh for a lot of things not just on the current team but just you know the entire league and things like that and, you know jerry's such a big figure in the league and, and knows of so many things that are going on that uh i mean there's really when it comes to the nfl there's really not a topic that it it wouldn't make sense asking him you know he has he can tell you about anything whether from 
media to endorsement deals to sponsorship to uh you know player acquisition to managing the salary cap to you know the coaching staff all of that stuff you know so i just uh you know when i've been out here i've always tried to go to it because it just it seems like it's i mean and i and, and with that being said they could do this at any restaurant they happen to be at one of the nicest restaurants and you know most famous places in the country but they could do this anywhere and it's just so valuable because of those. And then also just, you know, when you're a reporter, you want to have FaceTime with, you know, people that you cover and you don't always get that during the season. Like I told you guys before, you know, bad ranch. And there are tons of times we get Jerry just walking off the field and stuff like that. And they built this fortress in Frisco that, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't have the key cards or the swipe cards that, uh, you know, some other people do. So it's hard to, you don't get as many interactions with Jerry and Steven as, as, as we used to. That's too bad. So, John, um, our beloved Seminoles are making some noise, and uh, they want to maybe leave the conference. Uh, one, I don't know who's inviting them into theirs yet, uh, or if they can get out of it, but uh, you grew up in Big Ten country. Would you have any interest in them playing a Big Ten schedule? Not really, and it's funny that I did grow up in Big Ten country, and the reason I fell in love with Florida State is because the Big Ten country – brand of football was too boring for me you know I was just too run based boring well really in a way kind of the way the University of Michigan plays football right now but um it just was not my my style and I just really fell in love with Florida State style and uh so for me personally I would rather see them go to the SEC and then the other part of it too is I don't really care for them to be going up north and playing games in late November and happy valley and that but hey you know as long as they get this let's be honest, this whole college football thing, college sports in general, I mean, it's an arms race. And if you if you can get a new TV deal, it's going to bring you more money to the university, which means better facilities, better ways to recruit, get better players. Whatever that path is, that's the one that I'm on, you know. So um, if Live Golf wants to buy, you know, Florida State football program and pump a bunch of money in there and they spend more money than anybody, I know it's, 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 a lot of people wouldn't love that. I would love that. So whatever it takes to, to get the, the, the best – football program out there that I'm on board with. So if that's joining the Big Ten, the SEC, whatever, staying in the ACC, whatever that path is, I am all for. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. John Machota, theathletic.com, with us on 365 Sports. Somebody asked about why did they go back to Oxnard. They've been there two or three different times. It bounced around when they first took over. Jimmy wanted to get the heat, the no-nonsense of St. Edwards University in Austin when Craig or Paul was like five. And then they I went was, to Wichita Falls. I was and, 10. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. And then Wichita Falls when it was, you know, just brutal like it is right now. But in Wichita Falls, it's twice as brutal. And, and then they, they bounced around. I think it's San Antonio when I first moved to Waco again in 2010. They've been in Oxnard a long time. You practice there because the, the, the weather is so good. And it doesn't mean you don't want heat because it's not as if they don't sweat. They do. It's not as if some days aren't harder than others, but you can get in so many reps. And Jerry loves being near L.A., period. Let's just just be honest. It's more attention for them. They're one of the only teams that can take the show on the road like that. Legitimately, I mean, no offense to, you know, say the Packers. Well, the Packers might be able to. That's a bad example. Yeah, that's a bad example. The Bengals couldn't do it. 
Right. The Bengals couldn't just like, hey, we're going to have training camps. In fact, camp. I think about two-thirds of the NFL teams now practice their training camps are on site. Yeah, or- like they, look, the Texans, uh, they've, I know they've gone to West Virginia before and practiced at the Greenbrier and all that. They've, they've done that. But for the most part, like you, you kind of stay at home. Well, the, the Cowboys can do that. And part of the reason they've bounced from place to place, look, part of the reason they went back to Oxnard, I think they were pretty happy being in San Antonio because it was, it was really easy for them. But, San Antonio booked like a meatpacking convention or something accidentally. On it was that like week. a teacher's, yeah, a teacher, yeah, a huge it, event or cart, yeah, and, and it, it just, was huge deal. And so they had to go back to Oxnard, and now they've never been back to San Antonio. The funny thing about the Alamo Dome, uh, and now UTSA, of course, uh, would probably have something to say about them practicing in their mm-hmm. home stadium because that's now more of a thing than it was back then uh, with Coach Trailer, but. Uh, the Alamo Dome press conference, the press boxes where we had to do the show, were very comfortable to sit in, and it was nice because you're there all day, but they were freezing cold. You get, like, yeah, no, you get you, super There were things cold. that you could see on bodies that, like... Yeah, you just, like... No, and I'm the, not talking goosebumps. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. And then you immediately walk outside, and you're like, oh, I got to go back in. I'm freezing, and it's 107. Yeah, no. So there they are in Oxnard. It's beautiful. And I loved on some of the late in the first week or so, we'd be there sometimes five days or 10 or 12, is the drive down Highway 1 to Malibu. You see the ocean. That's God's work. It's gorgeous. It's fantastic. When we come back, Paul Catalina and his top five on 365 Sports. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, so means it's perfect time for tailgating and um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of july we still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties they're 12 dollars a package so that's four patties to a package it's perfect for the time for football 
gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5 Brought to you by Texas Beef House Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu From our pasture to your plate TexasBeefHouse.com Top 5 things I think about the ACC and realignment Okay, sorry. Wrong one. There we go. Number five. I think this. I can, I'm perfectly willing to be proven wrong here in the next couple weeks. So I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think anything is even close to imminent. I think we're in the bravado, the noise phase right now, Smokey. I don't think that this is like the Pac-12. I think this is the first phase of a multi-phase plan by Florida State, and they're hoping other people to challenge the grant of rights and try to get a new media deal, which also now would be the best time to do this because there's one conference is about to go away because there's no money for them. Yeah. So I'm, I understand pieces of this plan. It's just not all coming together for me yet. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching a movie or like a, I'm trying to figure out, I think I know who the killer is, but I can't figure out why they would have done it. That's where I am with this right now. I get the like these parts of it, but I'm having trouble putting it all together because it's not like people are banging down the door to get these teams either right now. And they're not going to do so. The SEC and the Big Ten are not going to do so if there's complicated contractual entanglements. So they're just kind of beating their chest. They're kind yeah. of let everyone know, hey, by the way, we think we're the most handsome or one of the nicest. We're the it, it's saber rattling. Yeah. Imminent. Well, that's that's a that's a weird word. Yeah. But I mean, because it's imminent hard to, means it could happen like overnight or in the next yeah. two or three days. Imminent is what's going to happen There's with the Pac-12. There's nothing, imminent decisions yeah, to be made. Yeah. Yes. So whatever those decisions are in the Pac-12, that's imminent. That's going to be made very soon. With the ACC, I, I don't think so. I mean, Wait a minute. Did you just say very soon in the Pac-12 in the same sentence? Well, I mean, they've got to make decisions about Really? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. But I do. I think it's... We'll I, see. Well, now, look, the cards are on the table for the first time ever uh, in that deal. Number four, I don't think anyone really wants out of the ACC. I think plan A, which failed for the Pac-12, is to increase the ACC's TV value. And I say this particularly for Florida State and Clemson, and then basketball-wise, if you're Duke and North Carolina, things have gone well for you in those regards in that most of the time you're winning the conference. So you don't necessarily want to jump out of a conference that, you know, if you're FSU and Clemson, you have more or less a 50% win rate on that. It's that 
in the last 30 years, most of the time, it's been one or the other of you. So say for a, you know, a Virginia Tech here, a Pitt here, a Wake Forest here, a Maryland who's gone, like really, it's been the two of you. So like Oklahoma, I mean, they made that big move and their fans are going to have to get used to not being one and two in the conference every now and again. Now, look, if that's not as important in the 12-team playoff era, but it's still, they're so going to miss take, it. So it's going to take some getting used to. It's going to take some getting used to. So I don't think they really want out of it right now. And a lot of these threats are about, well, you know, we can't keep going this way. But I don't think that if you ask them, like, do you, would you want to leave? They would be like, oh, yeah, because right now, they have a good situation as far as how the league works. Now, finance-wise, that's a different thing. But if you're talking about cards on the table, all things being equal, they don't want to leave. No, they don't. They, they, they don't. And what they're just trying to do is start a coalition. Yes. Number three, FSU is going to be the lead disruptor. Clearly on this. They are going to keep sticking their neck out. The board of trustees meeting is, is online. Everybody in the college football world can see it and make their opinions on it, and buzz can start. And there was really no reason for them to do this now other than the fact that realignment is in the, it's in the water. So because it's in the water and everybody is talking about it, this is a good time to state that. How long will this have a shelf life? I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, to get it out there because then, you know, they can say things, but then it goes to the lawyers and it's going to sit in stasis for a while. So much like the Pac-12 TV deal that there were times where, you know, well, no, we're talking about because there's nothing to report and I guess it's going on. And then then from about after Christmas to now is when it's gotten kind of mm-hmm. weird yep. and that it took as long as it did. So that's that's where FSU is on this. Number two, to tie in right to this, nothing will happen if FSU doesn't have partners. Are you getting paid by Florida State University to put logos up on every damn one of these things? Well, I mean, it's about them. I, so. I know, but I mean, are you getting no, a little bit under the I, table? I, I wish they could pay me back for my college. It'd be nice. Uh, no, uh, but nothing will happen if FSU doesn't have a partner. So no, no, partners. partners. Yeah. yeah. So if they don't have the Magnificent Seven or the Hateful Eight or whatever they wanted to call them uh, back a couple months ago, then it's really not going to matter because the other 13 schools in the ACC will say, well, sorry, we're all going to make sure that you don't just get to leave because they're going to want their $120 million exit fee. How many they're they need? Want the eight, rights. They need eight schools to join them? I would say Minimum? Eight. Yeah. Including themselves? So, yeah, I think they have to have – so seven more. Yeah. All right. Is Notre Dame involved in any of these discussions no, or not? it's not football. Oh, I, they I, that's, right. that's they're right. They're negotiating okay. their own okay. football thing. All right. All right. Um, so they might be able to say, like, oh, it's really going to suck for basketball. But, I mean, you know, we're middle of the rung, you know, when it comes to that. Number one, this is going to happen before 2036. You I don't know that. You, that. you do not know that. <laughs> you do not I don't. That's what I that. think. I didn't say that. This is not. What's the title? Five things I think about yeah, the ACC now, and realignment. Not the, that I know. The timeline's affected not by how Florida State thinks of themselves. It, the timeline, even the coalition, the timeline's affected by how soon do we get, which is like 2028 20, or 9, do we get to the next part of college football's mega which, realignment? Which is why I think that's the more realistic timeline of 2025, 2026. When they push and push, I think you'll be fine. They'll push and push and push. I mean, fine is relative. You'll be here. Fine, I don't know. I'll be but, like in a nursing home with the pens or something like that. I'll, we'll bring you soup every day, Smokey. Okay. Nice soup that you can gum down. Uh, but, no, I, I think that 
uh, this is going to happen before then because that's the stated goal. And hopefully for Florida State's case, this works out for them because there is a world where it doesn't. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that like the board of trustees meeting today was very like, we've got to do this and got to do this and got to do this. But one guy did say, we've been talking about this for a year and we've not done changed. anything. Nothing's changed. Yeah. So let's start, especially the board talking about what their legal options are. I do think if they get enough of them together, they can all make an argument for a renegotiation of the grant of rights in that they signed this, the governance of the, NCAA has changed. So many factors have changed that were, I mean, if you had told me in 2012 that athletes were going to get paid, there's no, nothing I, that I they could have done lost, about you it. You lost your mind. That the transfer portal was going to be wide open. I was going to be like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's a cool idea, but, you know, they've never lost before. Mm-hmm. And then you were going to, oh, no, no, wait. They're not only going to lose, they're going to lose every time that they go out on the field, the NCAA. So, no, oh, I thought you were talking about Florida State. No, I mean, yeah. So that that's changed, I just think so. they're being damn frisky because they're yeah, pretty good again. Is. They've got themselves going. The NIL, they got the Norvell, they got the coach. They wouldn't have done this if Taggart is still. Oh, they look, they have got arrows in the quiver that they can fire, and they're yeah. firing them while they think they can. They just better start hitting some well, You targets. better hope that they're arrows that go one way and not boomerangs that come back exactly. the other. And by the way, I like Florida State, even though it – you know, again, Paul's getting money under the table that we're not getting an unequal revenue sharing here at the staging. All right, good, very good. You are, you're like, you're all frothed up over this. Now. I'm, I'm mostly because I'm confused. Like, I get it, but I don't. They need to tell me what the plan is. <laughs> What's the plan, guys? Not just let's disrupt. All right. Well, they'll call George Klyovkov and get the uh, <laughs> how, how not to yeah, do it. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks to a lot of different people we had on the show today. One again, uh, our guests, uh, we bring them on for you to hear their opinions, their ideas, sometimes facts, evidence, and their due diligence sources. And then uh, you can make up your mind of who you want to listen to and or not or disagree with. But we're going to be who we are every day. Now, this is from TJ. And he is a uh, just a fantastic. He's been listening and watching us. Uh, J, excuse me, JT in Pikes Peak. So he threw this up at me. This is like a calendar, like Monday to. This is where he's watching us. And TJ, you may have already gone off. I think TJ's up in Utah or Colorado, and he's watching us. And that's the, don't forget three sixty five sports. Thank you very much. Uh, JT and Pikes Peak, I keep saying TJ. There's TJ who sends me all the snake videos. But JT and Pikes Peak. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. We appreciate you. It's good to delegate that. That used to be just me. Yes. No, you used to send them in a rapid fashion. <laughs> I had a Google News alert for snake attacks. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Nobody's laughing. I, I, yeah, if Paul got a text, a tweet, or whatever, and, and now I get them in my DMs or whatever, from Martin Moore, it's likely that Florida State has had offers from large financial firms to create a long-term loan to pay off the grant of rights. And this has been in play for over a year. Without more partners to leave the conference and break the grant of rights, those loans are starting to look like the only option for Florida State and a few others. Martin, thank you very much for the uh, insight. For Emery Winter, Jack McKenzie, for Garrett Ross, and, of course, our amazing sponsors. Another great day, hopefully, for you watching us on 365 Sports. Craig is back Monday. Paul Catalina. I'm David Smoke. Don't forget, 
365 Sports tonight, every weeknight at 1030 on The CW. And good night.